Hello and welcome to this pre-recorded episode of the Engaged Podcast back from April earlier this year. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're going to be doing Star Trek Room 101A with our guests Wayne and Jude from Trekmate. Hi guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? All the better for seeing you guys. It's been far too long. Definitely, yeah. Indeed it has. Indeed it has, yeah. Um, So... Um, we've wanted to get you guys obviously back on again for a while now, haven't we? And um, some coming up with, let's do uh, Room 101, A. Hey, you know, let's do this episode again, because we actually first did this a couple of years ago. 2017 mm-hmm. with yep. Mark from, I think at the time it was Geek Pride. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so, yeah. With what I will say is terrible audio, and we we will admit to that, because we had no <laughs> end of troubles with that one. Um but yeah, but these days, as we've said before, we've got started. Skype has improved, thank God, for podcasts yeah, oh, here, there, and everywhere. So fingers crossed, it should all work fine. And hopefully, I'll be around for this whole episode with um, Wayne here because yeah, last exactly. time it didn't well. No, <laughs> no, you decided to leg it at the end. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, but... didn't notice, I didn't notice for like twenty minutes, and it's only when you said Wayne, you do realise something's cut out, don't you? It's just like, like oh dear. thirty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we're all gonna yeah. stay on. It's gonna go fine. And also, uh, me and Duke were saying, like when we were talking earlier, we've been really looking forward to this. We think it's a great idea for a show. <laughs> and to be honest, if you're only using it every two years, we'll definitely steal the idea from you. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah, we've got to go at some it. point. The first thing I said was like, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> it's well, a brilliant do, idea. We'll have to come on. Yeah, oh, if you do, yeah, we'll have to right. guess on the first one yeah. you do. Oh, is that the deal? That's yeah. the, we'll accept that we'll accept yeah. because as as I said to you before we'll we'll flog it like a dead horse until <laughs> until it's got no legs left. Yeah, we do want to say as I said with this episode we normally we with our episodes we normally try and be quite positive, but with this one as I said we are going to be kind of yeah it's going to be quite negative. We're we haven't done in yeah. two sudden years. And yeah, we're so allowed. we're going to be we're going to be more negative in this one. But yeah, we're allowed to be, we do love Star Trek. <laughs> we've got that way on Trek, mate, as well for a while now. We've got too positive, and yeah. we agree on too much, me and Wayne. So, it's time uh, to air out your frustrations. Yeah. Head to head. <laughs> this is the opportunity to be stereotypical nerds. Yeah. Well, exactly. Just be angry. <laughs> yeah, have a moan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so um, basically, for anyone who doesn't know, um, this idea of uh, Star Trek Room 101A was actually... Um, Room 101 is actually a BBC comedy TV series based on the radio series of the same name, in which celebrities are invited to discuss their pet hates and persuade the host, which in this case will be me, uh, to consign those hates to oblivion in Room 101, a location whose name is inspired by the torture room in George Orwell's novel 1984, which reputedly contained the worst thing in the world. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it will do after we put our choices in there. Yeah, so um, basically there's going to be obviously four categories. And obviously, as I say, each of them, I'll give a brief description of what exactly it is. Um, well, obviously, you guys will present your arguments. We'll go back and forth, bounce off each other. And then obviously at the end of each round, I will um, have to obviously decide which one of the pet hates will be going into Star Trek Row 1. So, uh, yeah. I said, I've, um, these guys gave me their arguments 
last few days till about a week ago, um, and I've been trying to come up with counter arguments since then. It's been, as I said, it's been really quite interesting, really quite fun and challenging. I've actually really enjoyed it. It's kind of, you know, um, and I, honestly, I said this before we started. I've honestly got no idea what who I'm going to pick for each round. I really don't. Yeah. All the arguments in some way do have some validness to it. So it's not going to be easy, but that's part of the fun. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just so you know, before we, uh, since we're being negative, uh, <laughs> just just get permissions or denials in. Uh, do you guys allow swearing? <laughs> yeah, of course we do. Wayne. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not. We, we used to be fussy about it, but honestly, these days, Wayne. Now it's just no. you two. You don't give a shit. No. <laughs> there you no. go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always just put in our purse. Yeah. This contains some swearing and stuff, but it's not a huge deal to us. So have at it. It's fine. pretty standard when Trekmate comes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be Trekmate if you didn't swear a bit. <laughs> no, exactly. Okay, good, good. So, right. Um. So, uh, are we all ready to get started? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think so. Ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> right. Right. Our first category is people, which is um anything related to a person or person or people or type of person in all related to the Star Trek universe including fandom so who wants to go first then you said that's Jamie okay uh Simon would you like to go first with yours your uh first one is your person is I can say you can say <laughs> it's oh, my this is my Let's first take time. moment <laughs> go, for it, go for it so I went for you'd imagine I'd go for main cast nah not me so I went for Devonardi Rao from Star Trek Next Generation, The Price, um, who I think has got to be the worst and most ethically questionable guest stars in the whole franchise. I just hate the guy. I honestly hate the guy because the guy has no morals whatsoever. It is just just creepy as hell. Just what was the name, Simon? Devonardi Rao, that um, from The Price. You know the Barzan Wormhole, the Betazoid. Betazoid, uh, yeah. Oh, the really creepy guy. Yeah, yeah. If you listen yeah, back to that our guy. season, is it season? Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, four review, whatever uh, season it was. Yeah, you're you're oh, here. Just... Kind of tear into the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, just you know. nothing in that episode. You sit there and go, what a horrible man going around the universe, being a creep and a twat, and you just sit there going, yeah. He's a creep, yeah. and buddy. It's like, no, thank you. And just have that feeling from one episode. God, that's good acting. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing against actor. It's just that goddamn. Yeah. Mm. Oh. I mean, that's the thing about his character. I mean, you know, you've got to think. He's certainly true. He doesn't seem to have any morals or redeeming characteristics. But I mean, surely he wasn't always like that. I mean, that's the thing. The episode doesn't really give any hints to kind of what made him the way he was. Um, and just he kind a of bag. Yeah. Just a douchebag. <laughs> it could it could just be a douchebag, that's true. I mean, and the thing is, you know, at the end of the day, he you know he uses his abilities to help him in his negotiations, which is what his job is. Um, and I think if you're doing negotiations, whether in business or otherwise, and you have an advantage, whether it's to set an empathic ability or anything else that can help you, you're going to use it. And you would never mm. reveal that to the opposing side. I mean, would you reveal it to the opposing side? No. Um, in terms of Deanna, yeah, he is creepy and controlling. I, that's something I can't do. Manipulative. 
oh why don't you become my own personal counselor oh come on it's like yeah, that oh. was just like really... no so yeah. no and then we've got the was it foot massage scene it's like that shouldn't exist anyhow <laughs> you're not a foot fetish person Sly. <laughs> see Talk i got off on that scene thank that. you very much <laughs> <laughs> it ruined it you know maybe i think we're hurting at the end of the day and, you know you know, it's a, it's a nice thing. Why don't you become my personal counsellor? Definitely creepy. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but no, what, I, I will say, what I will say for him, although it is difficult to admit, um, <laughs> he, he does say it then, he doesn't like what he become, and he does want to change. So the fact that... Is that really believable? Is mm. he just saying it to attract Troy? Maybe. And the Maybe. thing is, with Troy uh, only being half Betazoid, um, it's not like she can read his mind uh, properly she's only like empathic she so like she's a bit of a disadvantage from him Mm. yeah she's just misstate the obvious isn't she yeah (laughs) i sense you're fucking me over (laughs) (laughs) no but i think the fact that he acknowledges i think i think the fact that he acknowledges you know that he doesn't like what he's become i think it's got to count for something like i said mm-hmm. he is creeping trying and maybe maybe in some twisted way he does care about diana it doesn't excuse him manipulating at all the way he kind of acts but maybe he did care about her in some way as mm-hmm. twisted as that's twisted as he is so you know yeah, i'm definitely going to go back and watch that after after you've <laughs> chose that character now but i'd forgotten about that it's a bit like um a man of the people guy it's like that guy where it's like oh this woman's my possession like she's gonna mm-hmm. be my next intrigue for the next four weeks before i get bored for her and toss them aside and you just go yeah i don't like people mm-hmm. like that rather than a human being that i i want to get to know you're gonna look after me i don't i don't care about you or i care to take care of you up to mm-hmm. a point it's like well, the you... difference with oak well the difference is that Devonani Rao didn't actually kill anyone. Oaken did. Was it Oak? Is his name Oaken? Was it? Whatever his name was. I know the guy you're talking about, but yeah. Mm. So yeah, they're similar, I suppose, in that regard. But Devonani Rao actually killed anybody. <laughs> so I think probably that other guy's probably actually worse. Yeah. But yeah. to be fair, could you almost like attribute some of those um, personality traits um, to Q as well, because he treats people as commodities and uh like take like would whisk women away and then eventually get bored <laughs> and uh, leave them stranded it's it's a, it's a, so it cues a bit of a user and abuser as well oh definitely that's technically true yeah, he, yeah. he's given a lot more time on screen though to winners yeah. over as fans i mean that's the thing that's yeah. weird about his character i mean thankfully it's only one episode <laughs> But yeah. he does. I mean, I must but admit. But you spend the whole episode going, "You're a twat. You're a twat. You're a twat." And he's part of the. He's part of all the plots, so you can't escape him. It's like, mm. oh, I wonder if we're escaping for a minute. No, no, no. He's here and he's there. Well, the other mm, thing as yeah. well, what you've got to consider, what is good as well, he does get his comeuppance at the end anyway, so it kind of does make up for it. It's like, ah, that's it. You're done for now. So, but yeah, I mean. I think it's, as I said, he is, he is he is what he is, so I do agree with you. But, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of stuff you've got to take into consideration. As I said, he he does show remorse. He does say, I don't like what I've become. So, you know, and yeah, maybe it's... Maybe he, it's some... he acts in negotiations, so couldn't that just be more acting? That's what I'm trying to get at. Mm. Mm. 
you connect emotion and go, oh, I'm so remorseful now. And they'll still go on and go, oh, uh, I'll act if this 10 minutes before I'm off this ship. Next ship, he'll go, oh, I'm back to how I was. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, thinking back to that episode, I mean, at the end, when Deanna kind of refuses him, I, I, I don't think she knew what to think. I think it was kind of, yeah, I'm not quite sure about this guy. Maybe he is being. Well, there you go then. He isn't. But, um, cool, that was a close call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already done now. But no, I mean, yeah, he is, he is reprehensible. But as I say, I, think, I don't think he's completely all bad or terrible. I think the fact that he says that, I think it does count for something. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, That's what I That's all got. you could find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, Wayne, do you want to um, give me your one next? Yeah, by all means. Okay, now I went for (laughs) two real flesh and blood people. Uh, (laughs) Two. Cheating. No, no words allowed people. But I've I've, I've put them (laughs) together as a pair for their crimes against Trek. I have chosen Stuart Bard and John Logan. Names that don't automatically spring to mind when you think of star trek however right. when i turn around and say these are the twats <laughs> that were responsible for the abortion that is star trek nemesis no these are the guys who was the director and the screenplay writer um from their from the production that was nemesis um you can tell that neither of them gave two shits about the characters they yeah. uh, it was lazy writing in the sense that they were just trying to get another uh short swift uh wrath of khan ripoff um they totally undone seven well no at this point it would have been like 15 years or something of character building for data they suddenly through the entire series we was uh, like drummed into us data sentient data sentient they had entire episodes dedicated to proving data's uh worth as an individual and then they come along they kill off data fine really upsetting however don't worry because we backed him up it's great <laughs> and we've got this spare part so wonderful uh, we won't even take into account that you consider a usb yeah you, you consider data <laughs> sentient so b4 must be sentient however we will destroy b4's personality <laughs> to back up data's uh, personality onto him so and at that point it's like okay then so he was just a computer program after all brilliant mm. thanks for that and also it was, then, it was worse worse than the blowing up of him in the first place it's like the second bit's worse isn't it yeah exactly exactly and like, what uh, does the blowing up matter if if you're just going to do that anyway you've just destroyed the character rather than yeah. the actual physical thing that's the thing by killing data i was emotionally invested in that moment however suddenly having him oh like oh look is <laughs> He's back in B4, and it's mm. like, no, no, uh, that just those pivotal moments, you absolutely underdone, uh, undid everything that had been done for Data before. Also, if you want to talk about creepy guys, Cy, <laughs> Star Trek Nemesis had probably the most rapey <laughs> scene ever seen in Star Trek, ever. You, you, you want to talk about Troy getting treated <laughs> badly? 
she gets mind raped by young Picard. And speaking of young Picard, since when do they think that people are so fucking thick that they wouldn't be able to give him a full head of hair? They had to have him be a slapper as a youngster. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, well, they did. He's literally gone on record as saying that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, people wouldn't understand. And also, when you hear <laughs> the cast, uh, whether it's been in previous interviews or it talks or anything else, talk about the production, the amount of arguments that they had uh, with Stuart Bard um, on set about things, they, he clearly not only didn't give a fuck about the characters, but he didn't give a fuck about the opinion of the cast who knew those characters inside out. So he gave us, and Nemesis, Nemesis was the fucking death blow for Star Trek at that point in time. If Nemesis hadn't have done such a shit job, then we may not have had to have gone that huge cavernous period of time without Trek. Nemesis is garbage and these two guys are the men that i hold responsible okay well first of all the (laughs) the mind rape scene i'm not even going to try and defend because you just can't so yeah that i'm completely with you on that one way it's okay (laughs) actually yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'm not even going to try and defend that um you know i am obviously aware that they did there were obviously problems in production in terms of cast which are you know again it's it is unfortunate and the other thing as well is they did delete a load of scenes recall from mm. that weren't in the final cut so i think like for example mm-hmm. wesley wasn't even yeah. didn't even get any words or anything um what i will say um and what also kind of with obviously with data's character i think you know i watched it kind of from the perspective of because again this is when I was just getting into next gen. And I think Nemesis, I think you showed me, was it first contact sign, then Nemesis, I think it was, or something? Uh, I think it might have been. But Data became my favourite character. And obviously, mm. oh no. <laughs> nope. Simon. B4 back. But the oh. thing is, they did, the, they did the same with Spock. Spock died and they brought him back in the next film. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, obviously, I know. I, under- I understand that, but with regards to Spock. At least, like he was regenerated from his corpse on a planet <laughs> that was designed to regenerate. It was, it, it was, it, it, it was a planet that was being used as uh, an experiment with the Genesis device to create life. And Spock, at least he, like there was remnants of Spock there, and we know where Spock put his cutra he put his cutra into mccoy however data didn't willingly go shit um captain uh, i'm about to do something really really dodgy Uh, so could you just take this usb for us (laughs) download me yeah exactly i mean that's the thing though i mean the amount of times that tv shows or movies have killed our characters and then brought them back in some way it's kind of a trope isn't it Really, yeah. I mean, even Discovery's done that. You know, Discovery oh, yeah. did that this season as what was it this season? I think even last season. But you know, at least and... they they are between like episodes, or they were between movies. Those other mm. one, but with Data, it is like the final thing mm. in the final movie, and like all that other stuff has already ruined it. 
by that point and that's like the last thing you're ever going to get that's so it, i think mate. it just you makes it hurt that much more assuming you don't think much of the comic you know, it's, it's graphic like novel before... countdown look countdown is <laughs> it, no it, i don't mind countdown and um but the thing is that number one at this point well countdown is con- it, i'm right countdown uh, in saying that countdown was considered canon wasn't it I think so. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I read somewhere that some, uh, they consider it canon, and that's like uh, filling in the blanks. Um, but yeah, the thing is, count. Uh, you can still enjoy the countdown comics, but you just know that Data is a non-sentient carbon copy of Data that we knew, and it doesn't mm. matter if he dies because we can just back him up. It's, we can just restore him to his last. Um, to his last update so it's yeah no it's no i i understand where you're coming from mate but um you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> well you know you know that's the reason i come up with trying to come up with these kind of arguments yeah on the other side of the fence against each other so it's just one of those wasn't it you know but you know um you know i said I, you know, I can understand your point, Wayne. Um, you said, I, I personally, for me, I've always quite enjoyed Nemesis. I don't, I don't think it's a fantastic film, um, but you know, and I know obviously, you know, it's because you said it also bothers you that it also kind of has, well, basically, it's trying to be like the Wrath of Khan, isn't it? You said. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> you could argue the same for Into Darkness. <laughs> so probably a lot more. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Okay, so out of all of the TNG and TOS movies, um, just out of curiosity, oh, oh shit, that's a bad question to ask. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, what, which movie do you watch the least? But then it's obviously going to be Final Frontier. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I screwed and myself rather, up. There. And I'd rather Nemesis borrow elements from Wrath of Khan than Blue in Star Trek Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, fucked up. <laughs> I mean, maybe the other thing, maybe you know. <laughs> You know, and I think they did. I personally think they did a good send off to the characters. I don't think they did too bad a job with that. And I know there were production problems, obviously, you know, the things behind the scenes. But I don't personally think that translated onto the screen. Not me personally. Mm. I didn't really see any. I think they need another film. And look, okay, since when? Okay, who thought it would be a good idea to introduce a brand new slave race for the Romulans? That no one knew about. Okay, fine, that's great. Do you know what they're called? The Remans. Piss off with that name. Honestly, <laughs> you, you expect us. So the other side of the Alpha Quadrant, people uh, like understand Greek mythology and decided to name their race after Romulus and Remus. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Stupid name. And, you know, I think the inclusion, I thought I found them quite interesting. I think it was something different. It was nice, although it did kind of seem a bit random. Oh, we'll just introduce this random race right at the last kind of, the last kind of, we know it's going to be like the last next gen film. It's still like, doing it. Yeah. They're still doing it. So yeah. it's you know. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is as well is it, they kind it, but yeah, this slave race seemed to very quickly um like take over uh the romulan senate i mean like they, they seem to really if if it was that easy to take it like get rid of your oppressors man they should have spoken to the bajorans a long time ago mm-hmm. yeah 
<laughs> could have could have definitely been an alliance here, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. no, just just teach them genocide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and the other thing as well, kind of with both of these guys, it's kind of said in a way, you know, I admire their ambition, kind of wanting to be a kind of like you said, along the heights of Rahan, Rahf of Khan. Maybe they weren't <laughs> entirely successful, but you've got to admire their ambition. I admire their ambition a lot, considering they didn't give a shit about the franchise. Jamie, yeah. have you watched your yeah. special features for Nemesis? I think I did, but probably a long while ago. Because because yeah, Wayne is right. Stuart Bird, at least, does come across as a bit of a douche mm. in those things. And you sit there going, oh, for God's sake, you daft twit. You have no idea what you're on about. And you're saying you're saying some of this production team going, oh, yes, oh, yes, this is a fun thing. I am going to make it sound... I think he's gone about Shakespeare or something like that. And you're going, no, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. It's something completely different. But never mind, carry on. Mr. Nightall, just like... What about John? What about um, John Logan? What was he like then in the in the special? Can't features? remember him, which is probably a better thing. But the thing is, he wouldn't have actually been on set uh, for that sort of stuff. No, of so, course not. No. So no. he he just crapped out this turd and then ran off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there you go. Remind me, didn't 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 um was it Berman or Bragger? Didn't they recommend one or both of them for the, to do the film? Don't worry, they need a slap as well. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe the blame partly lies with one of them or both of them, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, maybe definitely. Maybe they're ultimately responsible. However, they've done enough for the franchise that we can ignore <laughs> the discretion. Well, I think I think the other thing as well that kind of needs to be considered, what kind of what you're saying about Nemesis at that time, was it, was it 2002? Yes, yeah. uh, it's around there. Yeah, um, I think kind of, it's something that, again, it was Rick Berman said, kind of maybe at that point, it was just kind of, but I don't know if it's been the cast and the crew or both, but maybe just it come to a point where Star Trek had been going on for so long, you know, maybe it was just feeling a bit fatigued. I mean, you know, Enterprise kind of, I said that ended a, well, a couple of years later, didn't it? Do you know what would have helped it to not be fatigued if it was a good film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if if it was a good film, people wouldn't have felt tired from it. Well, like I said, I I don't think it's the best Star Trek film that's been done, but I I don't hate it. I don't think it's the worst Star Trek film. Um, as I said, you know, I think it, I think it's an interesting. It's got some good action. I like the whole kind of I said the whole film in the Remans, and I think kind of you know it goes into things like that. It talks about cloning and stuff like that, which I think is interesting. So I think there's some good ideas in there. Which oh, I don't think get me. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the pointless buggy scene. <laughs> yeah, that, I keep thinking of that. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I think um, I think I remember um, Patrick Stewart bringing that up at a convention, just saying like, "Why are we doing this? Why is this happening right now?" And he's just like, "Just do it. It's cool. People will love it." <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I enjoyed watching <laughs> Captain Picard enjoy himself on a pointless buggy scene. Yeah. 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 No. Wonderful. <laughs> well. Um. Yeah. So you know, to kind of sum up my point, it's kind of as I said, I don't think it ruined the next gen later. Me personally, um, I enjoyed it as it was. But you know, as I said, like I said, you do have some good points, Wayne. You know, and I can certainly, and again, you know, certain things just, you know can't be denied i said it's it's been said so i can't just say oh well that's not it's fact you know <laughs> um 
So yeah, um, did you have anything else you wanted to throw at me? No, no, I'm looking forward to hearing what Jude's got to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make as long an argument as that. Um, what you got? I did, I did think of a controversial one, which I might bring up at the end of this pod, uh, but I'm not saying it now. Um, I, I did think a while about this one, and and there was just one person that was in the back of my mind the whole time, where it was just like, it's got to be that person for me. Like I've brought this person up so many times in conversation with Wayne and uh, on the Trekmate pod. And uh, Wayne will know who it is when I say this. <laughs> when we were at um, Destination Star Trek last year, we uh, asked multiple people on camera for the Sci-Fi Collective YouTube channel, um, who would you shove out of an airlock? And it was about a choice of about nine people. Uh, given the cho- You're in a shuttlecraft or something, and you've got to shove one of these nine people out um, into space. The airlock. Yeah, into yeah. space. And th- I think the most popular person is the same person who I'm going to pick right now, and that person is Kai Wynn from <laughs> Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was very reassured that day, you know, to know that like, oh, other people feel the same way about her. Um, but yeah, she's just horrible. Like I said, she was just in the back of my mind. It was just like it had to be her. Mm. She's the one person. Well, credit to the credit to the writers though of that show for for all the episodes she was on and the story arc and Love to credit her, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say credit to the actress as well. You know, she she obviously does a very good job and she was in um she did a very similar role in uh, in a film I loved as a teenager. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh yeah, yeah. She's in that, and I can't remember. She's like nurse something. Um, I think she's called remember. Louise Fletcher. The actress, yeah, I think you're yeah, right. I think. That's but right, in, yeah. In the Jack Nicholson film, she was like um, the nurse, and and they're in a, a mental institution, whatever you want to call it, and she's just mean in that and she's just like take your pills and shut up leave me alone and uh yeah she was a nasty piece of work in that and then she brought that over into deep space nine but with something more in deep space nine where she's she's like a politician isn't she but in mixed with the religious stuff Mm. um of beige or uh, i don't know would it be like the equivalent to pope or something would you call what she yeah i suppose she probably that's probably essentially became kaya so that's probably what our equivalent would be like a cross between the pope and the prime minister or something yeah yeah somewhere somewhere in the middle there um but she just did it in such a horrible way and like the only people who were getting to see that was basically major kira and us as the audience yeah but she just hid things from everyone in that show so well you know like oh i'm a lovely person all i want is the best for bajor you know and like even calling um kira like my child or whatever she would call her and you know just with a smile on her face but then once everyone's left the room just horrible remarks but you know i'm Sure, I'm not wrong in saying that hundreds or thousands of people died because of Kai Wynn's decisions through that program throughout the series. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going Kai Wynn. And also, she did try and assassinate um, uh, Burial. Yeah, end of season one, yeah, in the hands of the mm, Yeah. Yeah, um, she's nasty. That's my <laughs> argument. <laughs> um, no, you're all right. She said she is a terrible person. She only cares about herself and gaining power. said... 
not to mention kind of her scheming for Bajoran to sight and it's five by the end of the series. Yeah. Um, what I will say in response um, is, first of all, she does help Cisco at the end in his battle with the cup. So she does actually kind of... But, but doing what, exactly? What, dying? <laughs> but what, being a distraction? <laughs> she didn't redo anything. <laughs> well, she mentioned about the book and help Cisco. She she guided him towards it. That's what you need to do, whatever it was. What else? What else is she gonna ha- point to? Well, she couldn't. Well, she couldn't have just said in the cave. She couldn't have helped Cisco warm the fire. Him. So she could, have, she could have said absolutely nothing. But the fact she did, I think, does count for something. It doesn't. It doesn't make up for what she's done. No, it doesn't at all. But I think that is something. Um. Yeah, I think that was like a bit of good writing from the writers, you know, trying to show that like she she wouldn't have done all the things she did if she didn't care a bit. Obviously, she is power hungry and all that stuff. That's obvious. But she I think they were just trying to show she does care a bit, a tiny bit. Oh, yeah. And the other thing as well, what you've got to remember is earlier on in season seven, she does actually realise what she's done when she confesses to Kira. She realises she's kind of strays from the path and she kind of feels remorseful and yes i know she goes over to the power race but you've got to you've got to remember that in some i think i think in some ways she was horribly manipulated by ducat he knew her weakness and sensed her weakness and he preyed on it so i think you know yeah but she was a hardcore bitch well before then oh yeah uh, yeah i'm you know stabby stabby stabs them (laughs) yeah you know I'm not saying, you know, that she, she, you know, she is responsible, a lot of it. But <laughs> I think at the end, she was in, she was in the manipulated by Descartes. And I think you've kind of got, to, I think that's kind of got to be considered, me personally. Uh, um, I don't know. I think they kind of deserved each other in the end there. She was lost years ago. Yeah. You can't really go, oh, it was Descartes that caused all of six, no. six seasons beforehand. Like, No, he didn't. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying at a point where she had come to, at the point where she had come to realise what she had done was terrible, he took advantage of that at her, at her moment where she was coming to that realisation of, I realise what I've become, and he preyed on that. Crazy you know, thing is though, like Ducat, like in TNG or TOS would have been your sort of token bad guy, like oh he's bad, he's evil. But that's what I liked about uh, Kai in DS9 is. Mm. To me, she was way more evil because Descartes at least like gets in your face and you know says, "I'm an arsehole. I hate your race. You know, and, I'm gonna and, kill you." <laughs> yeah, he was responsible for millions of deaths during the occupation. And oh, the I know. Changed but, even more so. Like, she was like responsible he, for about a billion deaths. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's a lot more sort of token evil bad guy that we're used to. Where uh, you know Kai Win. Oh, just... you're, you're saying Kai Win's kind of power is much more subtle. She'll be more... smiling at you whilst. Yeah. yeah. It, it winds me up more, which is yeah why I think. A plan within a plan. Yeah. Mm. And also well, the yeah. thing is she she clearly doesn't have um as much respect was... for oh. her. Uh, sorry, mate. I was just saying I I don't think she's actually got as much respect for the Bajoran way of life as what she would let on because mm. she would purposely manipulate things mm. to uh, forward her own agenda beyond what was best for the Bajoran people. Mm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's the thing, though. The other thing is worse. I've, you know, I've got the sense you truly believe in the prophets. I mean, despite how she kind of manipulated things for her own end, I think she truly believes in it. And, you know... 
Cisco, obviously, I know he was. I know, obviously, there was that conflict between them. You've got to think, you know, Cisco is an outsider, and then he's got shown to be the emissary of the prophets. And it's kind of, again, I'm not saying what she did was right, but I could understand her being disgruntled by that a bit, kind of mm-hmm. throwing her off kilter. It's like, well, you know, I think I would be as well if I was in her position. It doesn't justify anything that she's done, but mm-hmm. I just think this, as you say, and the other thing as well is with her character, she's very complex. As you say, I think as you said too, there's this, there's that moment at the end where she did have that kind of oh yeah, you know, that moment of I can redeem myself a bit, and that's what's been yeah. brilliant about it. it. Said these characters are not wholly good, you know. He's done all this stuff, but yet you know, it said they're com- they're both they're both really complex characters. Mm. So yeah, I mean yeah, I mean said Kywin is a character you love to hate, and like I said, you know, she is she is a terrible person. She yeah. really is a tell but i think as i said there are moments where i said there are a couple of moments where i said she does realize what she's become she does kind of redeem herself and i think to an extent at in seven when the, i think i think you have to hold i mean not obviously anything before before you know they interacted but anything kind of from that point on, i think he kind of has to take some of the responsibility for kind of for it you know i think you know i'm not saying the whole thing but i think he well he played wayne had two people so I'll have mm-hmm. Kai win and Ducat then. That? <laughs> I said, wait, two people. I'm having Ducat as well as Kai win. <laughs> if you want. But I mean, honestly, pairing them together was a stroke of genius. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, that was just fantastic. I love the fact that they did. Because it's, it's, it's kind of strange. It's kind of like, you know, he's like, um, I said, Kardashian, you know, head of the, head of the occupation over the Bajoras, and she said she eventually became, you know, opposite sides completely. Obviously, they would have known of each other, obviously, beforehand, mm. but they never appeared in any episodes together until then, and it was just, I said, it was just a stroke of genius. It really was. It really was a stroke of genius. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that that's kind of what I've got for, for Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's, uh, uh, yeah, so now, obviously, it's time to come to a bloody decision. Uh oh god, this is hard. Um, well, first of all, I think you guys said you've got some great arguments. Um, you picked some really interesting people. Um, I think kind of my decision, I suppose, really, it's I, I kind of, you know, I, I think kind of I'm not gonna base it not just kind of about how I feel personally about these characters, but I suppose maybe the impact they have had in terms of kind of. Yeah, Simon this knows. This sounds familiar. Yeah, Simon knows. Oh, I, I, I do this in our season reviews. I, I think what I personally feel and what big kind of impact that they have overall, I suppose. You see me down mm. gently for this one, are we, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, it's still good, though, Simon. I'm glad you picked someone <laughs> from a single episode. I think that's, you know... Um, oh, this, this is hard. Um, so you've got real life people, right? I mean, that's that's something as you were saying, Wayne. You know, the problems that they had on Nemesis, you know. Um, <laughs> mate, do you love Patrick Stewart and Jonathan Frakes enough to defend their <laughs> honor? <laughs> uh, then obviously, they're doing, uh, all right. <laughs> they're doing all right these days. Oh. But then again, you've got Kywin, obviously, as well. And I know she's only fictional. I know she's only a fictional um, character. She is pretty bloody awful. Mm. Um, Real-life douchebag opposed to fictional bitch. Yeah. (laughs) 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 
Well, you know, it's, it's true. But as I said, I, I quite enjoy Nemesis and it doesn't, you know, I, I quite enjoy Nemesis and I don't think that, yes, it happened. I know it, ha- it did happen, but it didn't translate to the screen, <laughs> at least for me personally, through the characters. So. <laughs> don't make commit to something. I know what you're going to commit to, but just, just get around to okay, it. Okay, right. Okay, right. So, uh, out of the decisions, out of guys, I have decided to pick Jude. Kai Win will be going into room 101. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> now, this is where you insert the sound clip of Kai Win dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good call. So, there you go. She has been relegated. So, that's our, uh, that's our first category. So, she has been relegated to... Oh, right. Nice one. Yeah, so um, <laughs> our next category is modern life. Anything current in the here and now that is bothering you related to the Star Trek universe, including fandom? Um, what did you um, What did you pick? Uh, there you go. Would you like to go first, Wayne? I'm going to yep, mix it up a bit. I'm going to mix yep. up who goes when. <laughs> Why nope. not? By all means, by all means. What really gets on my tits at the moment with modern fandom is a question social media is a wonderful wonderful thing um it brings all of us together it gives all of us a chance to converse uh like and the bond over uh these franchises that we love <laughs> however what i suggest we throw into room 101 is spoilers <laughs> because spoilers. I am sick <laughs> of being... The thing is, right, Americans, it's great. They get to watch Discovery when they do. Brilliant. However, that's the middle of the night for us, and you can guarantee that some jumped-up twonk, <laughs> the first thing that they've done is gone and wrote a bloody spoiler or taken a screen capture from the episode. Got to make a meme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you, you can't even scroll halfway down a page before suddenly you're like, no! And you can't and unsee done. that. You can't unsee that. There's not even... People don't even give like a week's grace anymore. <laughs> no. It, it, people straight away are ruining it. And the thing is, even when I'm being good, right? I can't remember what it was about, but it was something to do with Michael Burnham uh, in the, in the past um, uh, season. But I decided, no, nope, I'm not going to go on Facebook. I'm not going to go on Twitter. Oh, what should I do then? Okay, let's just check the news on BBC. <laughs> Fucking BBC put a spot like straight away. This happened. It's like go away. I'm, I came yeah. to you for news. <laughs> No, honestly, they, things are just ruined by people spoiling it. If you're going to give a spoiler, and the thing is, right, there is no point turning around saying, spoiler alert, when you've put a fucking picture. Yeah. I just saw the picture, mate. Your spoiler alert's underneath. That's how Facebook posts work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And also, saying spoiler alert, and then only leaving one like blank line before you start bitching, also doesn't work because no. that's still in the feed. Give it a good twenty lines. Don't some, be a some prick. Some fans have done that. I have seen it where some fans do. do. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. seen that on occasion. Yeah. And fair play to them. Fair play to them. Whenever me and Jude are talking about something on the podcast, we'll go like we'll give people spoilers. We'll tell them go away. If you don't want to know what happens, come back. That's yeah. fine. 
These mm. arseholes do not know simple etiquette. You know, yeah. the thing is, you know, I, you know, I, it, you know, that something similar kind of happened to me, although it wasn't through social media. I was reading um, one of the Game of Thrones books called A Dance with Dragons, um, and I got to a certain point, and I was, I, this, I specifically remember this. I was at work at the time, at my old job. I used to work at Morrison's, and. I was reading it, and one of my colleagues came in, and I said, oh, what are you reading? I said, oh, yeah, I'm reading this. He goes, oh, yeah, by the way, this, this something <laughs> happens to this character. And I was just like, yeah, thanks for that. I didn't get up to that, but thank you for letting me know in advance. Yeah, so when it comes to reading it, I was just like, okay, so that happened. It didn't have any impact at all because I'd already bloody knew what had happened. And the, um, the, the, the thing is, I, that is like the stereotypical way of how spoilers used to work mm. that some arsehole would ruin it to you in your face <laughs> yeah. however now with modern life it is bit, meet them. yeah you don't even need to know the guy you you don't have the opportunity to punch him in the face yeah. because it, it's somebody online that you uh, have a passing relationship with that will just post it and the thing is it even goes back to uh, when I think about like when did like people really start ruining things like online and I always go back to Snape killed Dumbledore yeah. because as soon as there's Surely a spoiler spoiler warning should have come out there <laughs> yes Wayne <laughs> no okay look I said a week's yeah. grace not yeah, like a decade's grace well surely yeah. <laughs> there should be a spoiler warning for the spoiler warning argument just so that yeah. when you talk about cases because with, with mine I didn't say specifically what happened to that character okay yeah, mate. Mate. <laughs> uh, uh, not being funny right? spoiling things Snape killed Dumbledore <laughs> back in what 2006 I think we're allowed to let that cat out of the bag but Michael Burnham before we actually go into what could have happened with her that's still this year yeah mm-hmm. no yeah, um, that needs a spoiler warning. Yeah, but the thing is, right? <laughs> Piss off. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I'm right. Well, one of the things, one of the first thoughts I did have with it is a simple adage of just don't go on Facebook until you've seen it. <laughs> However, as you guys are podcasters like us, you kind of have to be active on social media. So it yeah. kind of, you know, that was one thing I kind of considered before. Well, actually, you know, if it was just, you know, anyone else and, you know, just a fan, just fans talking just and you weren't part of a podcast. And yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, but th- yeah, but that's what I think. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I even tried that. And then BBC News decided to piss on my party. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's true. I mean, I think, you know, and I think. As you say, it does come down to kind of etiquette. And, you know, I think that has gotten better. I mean, you know, I've been on, um, <clears throat> you know, and and surely, I mean, don't don't some of these pages, don't they have moderators for them? Don't it they have like, moderators for them that should kind oh, of... Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be groups. It's just people just shout it out. They just blurt it out anywhere. That's been yeah. my experience. Mm. I've had uh, this season of Game of Thrones, I think I've like had every episode of it spoiled before I've watched it, thanks to really? someone. It's and like, I just is, don't learn. And the, and the <laughs> thing is, if if you aren't able to watch it that first day, you're pretty that's buggered. It. You're pretty it's, buggered. That's the rule, yeah. You, mm. it's, it's that night that it was on. For, it was first on with, with, with the adverts and everything. Mm. And if you're watching it on catch-up, then you're screwed if you feel like going on Facebook for more than five seconds. And that's Wait, it. 
when you don't quite know this but you're kind of playing into what i've chosen which is wonderful because it kind of works into what i've chosen so ah i'm happy to help mate yeah yeah i feel so alone (laughs) (laughs) i mean one of the things i will say is something i was i was actually looking up is uh, you guys might be aware of this you might have already tried it um there are apps that you can download i think on chrome for example for facebook and twitter that you can actually block these spoilers by adding a filter to what info it will actually display until you've actually seen the episode for yourself no never heard of that yeah i mean if you look into google have a look in google yeah surely that's just going to be text it's not going to recognize pictures and stuff that i'm not 100 percent sure but i know i think i think it is related to both text and pictures although i'm not 100 percent sure on the pictures thing because the picture seems to be worse for me, where where I scroll down and like you see this character killing this character, and it's like, oh, thanks, great. That's that's all it took, you know. But to, you know, to ruin it. yeah, I mean, I can't 100% confirm the pictures do, so I'm not going to say absolutely yes mm. to that. But at least with the text, you can put in say, I said like Star Trek or Game of Thrones, and it will just won't come up with anything in related to it at all. Or to be fair, that uh, like on um, uh, that would just be my facebook feed will just be fucking empty <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean that that is that is something i can suggest to you and you know you know as i said there are fans out there who do i think and the thing is i think it's been quite a big thing recently where people not just star trek but just generally a lot of other things where people have just really annoyed at it and i think you know things are changing i think don't get know, me wrong don't mm, get me wrong um, marvel fans brilliant they yeah, they a keep lot better a, yeah they keep a bloody secret mm. because it, that's it with uh, whether it's captain marvel whether it's avengers or at least the general accepted thing for most marvel fans seems to be like a week to two weeks yeah is acceptable like if you if they've gone that sort of time period then they can start making the memes and the jokes mm. and the maybe some star trek fans can learn a thing or two in terms of not posting spoilers from marvel fans then yeah, oh, yeah, yeah definitely Definitely. You know, but I mean, you know, as you say, that's kind of, you know, unfortunately, wherever you go, it's, it is annoying. It is a shame, but there's always going to be a douchebag out there, unfortunately, who's always going to be doing it, whether it's for Star Trek or, or otherwise. You know, yeah. All I, I said, all I can say is, you know, I think it has gotten better. I said, you do have that 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 app where you can block it. Um, personally, it shouldn't probably be something that should you shouldn't need to have something like. That, but it's, you know. You're talking about apps and things. Do you reckon we could maybe design an app to track people that spoil things? So every time that they spoil it, it like it builds up a tally. So whenever there's a convention, uh, people have to give them that many Chinese burns. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Not a bad idea. Yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I can, again, I can understand your frustration. My hands, you know, and I, you know, I, I was. I don't think we started. I don't think I ever was when I was watching through it. I mean, but I wasn't as active on social media as I am now, so maybe that's something. Because when Simon got me into it, I wasn't said we weren't doing a podcast. At the well, time. the thing is, in that case, it's kind of how much did I spoil for you? Nothing, pretty much. Mm. That's because you're a good guy. Yeah, I think, Indeed. and I think that's the thing. I think this is what I recognise between doing this one and the last one we did there's really a nostalgia for late 90s where it's old school mm. socializing where it's like videos and things instead of having all this modern tech and it's ruining yeah. it all where it's like mm. no i don't want to know this i want it me at home with my magazine mm. my friend around the corner and that's it 
This is yeah. longing for that again, where it's, it's like, no, oh. stay away from the social media. No, it's it's definitely a double-edged sword. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, anything else you wanted to say, Wayne, on that? No, I'm good. I'm good, no? mate. <laughs> okay. Um, Simon. Mine. Who? Yeah. Who was that? Jude. Simon. Do you want to go next? I don't mind. You do, do Jude because yeah. I went first last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to be fair, but I can't lose the tag. Who went, when, when? See, yeah, Jude, what was um, what was your um, your one? What's our category? Modern life fandom. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, modern life. Life, yeah, modern life, yeah. Yeah, I've picked uh, the Marmite effect for Star Trek Discovery on Facebook because I was just starting to say, like, when I go on there, whether it be the normal homepage just scrolling down or whether it be the... <sighs> blooming dozens of group pages that i'm part of uh, for star trek it seems to be like extreme love for discovery or hate for discovery mm. and i just don't seem to see people talking about it uh, you know discussing it and saying what they didn't like and why or what they did like and why you know it's it's even oh i absolutely loved it it was amazing or that was absolutely awful and it seems like well no it seems like the only two people i've spoken to it about like normally you know saying what i liked what i didn't is wayne and my wife at home who i've watched every single episode with mm. and um me and Wayne will be talking about it a lot more we, we've been away from trekmate for a while uh, recently just just due to real life just having stuff going on Mm. so most of our conversations have been had about um season two and um i don't know what's happening there on the screen is jamie still there you still there yeah yeah um yeah most of my conversations have just been had at home and, and on the phone so i've not done i don't do that much talking uh online anyway i'm not always about like putting my opinions um out there i'm normally you know reading other people's but as i say that's that's what i'm getting from people and i just find it hard to engage with them when you know i can't really agree with either that like i absolutely loved it or i absolutely hated it um and yeah we'll we'll speak um a lot more about that on trekmate in the very near future and we've spoke about getting other people on so i'm sure we'll have you guys on talking about that on there as well but so yeah that's good. that's that's my choice the the marmite effect for discovery on uh social media yeah i mean i think you know it's just a kind of i think it's uh, you know i'm not saying everyone's like this but these days on the internet it's it's very hard to have an intelligent conversation with somebody because as you say mm. it's kind of like you either love it or you hate it and you say oh i love this or i hate this it's like well that that, that that's great why it's like you, you yeah. don't have you don't have to say why if you don't want to that's fair enough but it does open up you know possibilities and avenues of discussion Sorry, what were you gonna say i think the problem is with both of what wayne and jude have both brought up mine's nothing to do with it, i don't think but wayne and jude definitely are interlinked because i think it, they're both of them are very societal hmm. all an advent of the unfortunately brexit trump whatever crap storm that's brought in where because i'll go into it later because it kind of plays into my wild card but you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm good with that sort of thing (laughs) um where you where before everyone respected everyone else's opinions oh you don't like that thing never mind don't worry i like this thing fine i don't i don't agree with it but i understand it good job 
Whereas these days, it's no, you're wrong. I'm right. And well, yeah. like, and they're both like that. Like, well, you should have seen it now. Well, what? No, well, I can't. And with your one, it's just like, well, ages ago, me and Jamie have had discussions where it's like, which is better, Next Gen or DS9? And we have this debate. We've had this debate numerous times, and it's never ended up in a fist fight or anything tough. It's always just kind of, oh, I understand that, Jamie. I understand that, Si. And it's even down to certain episodes where you sit there and go, we can have a nice civil conversation. And it's just like, oh, I get that. And we both sit there pondering, just kind of, have I learned something? Whereas that doesn't happen. That doesn't Mm. And and both of them have the horrible word keyboard warriors. Oh, don't you yeah, love I mean, them? I think that might be part of the problem. Mm. The fact that I said these days, as you say, <laughs> you're strangers on the internet. You can say whatever you want behind the keyboard, and you don't know that person, even though yeah. we're all Star Trek fans. You know, something that that does should bring us all together. Um, and you know, people just act like. That. I mean, you know, it's just the Wild West out there now because it's yeah. just like. My yeah. opinion's right. I voted this and Brexit. I voted for Trump. I didn't vote for him. I like this wall. I don't like this wall. And now, because nothing makes any sense to anyone anymore. It really doesn't. Yeah. So everyone doesn't know up from down, right from left. And it's spurred into, her, unfortunately, Star Trek and every other bloody fandom that you can imagine think of. Because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm new here. Well, you should have been here since yesterday. For what? Yeah. When... Yeah free social media it would be oh a new fan will show you the way or as now it's like you should have been here from the beginning well I yeah how dare you not have been <laughs> so, i don't think i don't think you can really put that down to um a brexit trump mentality because people were giving people people were giving that reaction back in 09 when I know, JJ it's... were bringing back that, I, I totally get what you mean. It's 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 an intolerance of other people's opinions. Um, the problem is, uh, people aren't willing to listen yeah. to other people's mm. um genuine reasons. I mean, hell, people had genuine reasons for voting for things like Brexit, even though they was absolutely fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> or do <duped>. but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just yeah. arseholes, one of the two. But no, it's um, no, it, it yeah, there, there's people aren't as willing to have a dialogue, and I think once again, have, having that emotional disconnect with people, with it being online, without it being somebody yeah like face-to-face interactions it it breeds that um mentality of not having to worry about upsetting that person yeah mm, yeah you know because sad really say, yeah because people can you know you say something people can, i think you said this to be simon you know you can you can put something on the internet you can say something through an email or social media and people can take it completely the wrong way you didn't oh, meet, you know you didn't have that intention, but someone could completely take it the wrong way. Oh, mate, I've had fucking... <laughs> when we had the, like, network, like, with, like, countless podcasts on the Trekmate family, the amount of arguments that would be started just by someone <laughs> misreading something. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, fucking... I'm there with you. Like, it, 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 you, without seeing somebody's face, you don't see the infliction words can be used in multiple ways but it's the tone and meaning behind them that is missed i mean what what i will say kind of in kind of said 
do do to kind of you know counter that kind of responses. I think at least with season two of Discovery, I think you know I think it has brought up you know fans generally generally seem to be even I'm not saying every fan. There's always going to be those who are dead set against it, whatever. But it I think season two I think it's made some fans a lot happier, and I think they're. I think it's kind of there is more of a I think there's more of a middle ground I suppose between the two maybe maybe not entirely but I don't think it is as bad as it was um the other thing I'll also say is I think you know conventions are a great way of bringing people together and I I, mm. I, I can't speak for every single person um but at least yeah it's, it's very different to the internet when you've got that person in front of you yeah at least at conventions you do have that you know I've had I think I think can all probably say we've had discussions with other fans about Star Trek in some form or fashion and we've had differing opinions but you know it, it you know it it's um it's it's fine I mean and you know I've you know it, it, it that that sort of thing just doesn't come up really that much and mm. I mean again I don't know about you guys but I've been on the kind of destination Star Trek pattern, at least when I mean I've on there all the time you guys might go on there more often but from what I've seen I don't think it's too bad on there at least on that one, I don't think is. That's definitely much. not the worst group. That's definitely yeah. not the mm. worst group for it. I yeah. totally agree. But I think that's also that sense of uh, people know, knowing each other from the conventions and building that sense of community. Mm. Yeah, it's something more real than, than these group pages that people can join from everywhere and, and just be who they be as loud as they want to be. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, and you know, and the other thing as well I say is. It, it, <laughs> you know, I know this kind of a love hate thing, but I'd rather I'd rather you know read someone say they love it even if they don't say why, <laughs> even if mm. they don't say why they love Discovery. It's like, well, you like it, which again, it's not bad. It's not terrible if you hate it. If you hate it, fair enough. You know, if people like it, that's you know. Oh no, no, I, you know, I accept that people have those opinions. It's just a shame that you know you do see so little of anything in between. But I, mm. I do kind of get it at the same time, mm. you know. Yeah, but no, it, again, it's said it is frustrating. Unfortunately, it's kind of no matter where you go, so you're going to get douches who do spoil, who do spoil things, or do spoilers, and you do get people who you can't have an intelligent conversation with. But you know. There is always those out there, and I'm sure I'm sure there must be occasions that you guys have had where you've had managed to have nice chats with someone, whether it's Star Trek or something else. You managed to have a nice intelligent. I know they are rare, but you know, <laughs> intelligence pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let me rephrase that. You had a civil discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as you say, unfortunately, those people kind of people are always going to be around, and that's just due to social media. I mean. As much as we all kind of love it, you know, and, and you know, we use it in our everyday lives. I said there are those drawbacks where, you know, I personally would rather, you know, go to a convention, talk to people face to face, build up those relationships, you know, before kind of before you go on social media, because you've already set that foundation where you know that person and, you know, you can kind of you can you said you can have that kind of discussion with them. So, tell you what if this was the trek mate pod i'd be saying wayne <laughs> plug the sci-fi palooza too now <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, <coughs> yeah um so yeah um might that's, be that's, later jude <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're allowed to well, I, I would say the dates if I could remember. <laughs> you useless piece of shit. <laughs> well, 
Well, if anybody, speaking of community, if anybody wants to come <laughs> along and have some civil conversation yeah. with other Trek fans, as well as other franchises, come along to Kings Langley on November the 9th, Saturday, November the 9th, uh, where we are holding our third convention, uh, which will be the Sci-Fi Palooza 2 uh, at the Kings Langley Community Centre. And we are charging entry of the big whopping price of £3 for an adult under uh, 11s getting for free and um, with go an for accompanying it. adult with an accompanying <laughs> adult after you yep. just let random kids wander in by themselves last year <sighs> yeah. well, it wasn't that simple but we'll skip <laughs> it that. wasn't that simple the mum stood next to you sent them in and you didn't you just looked at her <laughs> And after that brief intermission, we're now back to the show. Yeah, the sci-fi-collective.com. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, is there anything you're, you wanted to say, Jude, on your mind? No, no. no I, I think I got it all out there. Cool. Simon, take it away with yours. Still gone to kaput. Oh, well, that's us for you. So, what... Um, Wayne was going about in terms of spoilers what causes that? Well a lack of global streaming rollout so the fact that damn America gets it before the UK and the rest of the world mm. why the hell does that happen when we're in this technical, technological age where we can do anything but not sync up the dates so that we get it at the same time yeah. Y- yeah you know why is that a thing and the whole thing with the short treks do you know how long it took for us to get them I, I do actually because I was just listening to a uh, old Trekmate podcast today where Wayne's talking to Rick Moyer at Christmas and Rick Moyer's like, oh, I loved those Star Trek shorts a few weeks ago, and Wayne's like, what? Well, I did a bit of work. <laughs> Three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. So they got Runaway in America on the fourth October last year, 2018. If you're listening to us in the far, far future. We didn't even think we were getting them at all for a while, and then they just popped we up. We didn't get it until 16th of January this year, 2019, a day before season two of Discovery. That's it, yeah. Why? And there was there wasn't even any press on it. I think Matt Warwick or or some or was it Jeff? Just, uh, it shouldn't be a thing. No, no, I agree. There's no yeah, good you know, reason for it. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You know, a day overall doesn't seem like much of a gap, and it personally mm. doesn't bother me but if you can only do a day then why not sync it up i mean game yeah. of thrones used to do the same thing it used to be at different times but they synced that up i mean 90 it, days hello spoilers in oh i don't know about two. Oh, yeah, but let's yeah, face I it mean, short tracks were shit oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, so, i liked him <laughs> oh god you know did the whole discovery discovery itself being a day didn't bother me so much but it's like if you can if if it's only if you can sync up, why can't you sync it up? Other networks have done it. Why not CBS? Is it due to a money thing? Maybe I honestly don't know. I, it's licensing and crap like that. But oh, just yeah, the get thing around is, the though, table. The the thing is though, with regards to uh, Discovery, yeah, short treks absolutely unforgivable. Oh god, um, yeah, there ninety was, Simon knows how Simon knows how annoyed at that I was. I, that was a yeah. flipping appalling. That was no, it was. But with regards to the main series, um, I think they they, the, they, the they did better. They, I, know, I know they've got eight hour difference because of time, which I can yeah. live with. I haven't I haven't really got an issue with that. It's just it just and it's the fact that you know there's this whole thing with 
CBS All Access and it's on Netflix and then we don't know whether we're getting it or not. And it's just like, oh, just wouldn't it just streamline it somehow? Just I don't know. It's just it shouldn't happen. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, I I, I totally you know, get what you're saying because like if it is like uh, if people don't sync it up, then you're just encouraging fans to go and torrent it. Yeah, which yeah. means that then they're not supporting the franchise because the and, and the other thing as well is you've got that whole as you say so it links into your one way with the whole spoilers thing as well so there's an even bigger knock-on effect from it as well which is kind of you know mm-hmm. um you know and again they doesn't seem much of a difference and you know i understand obviously there's the whole licensing thing you know they doesn't really bother me i could easily stay away from social media for a day if mm-hmm. i need to with discovery at least but it's yeah as i said i completely understand your frustrations i'm particularly with the short tracks i mean that was just a, one day before season two as we get them and it's just like frick did it take so long mm-hmm. yeah you know so yeah i mean uh, yeah it's just well, i mean I'd you know be interested to know the actual answer to that at some point it's, it's got to be out there somewhere i'm not what, suggesting that? that we find it now what's that um, why why, they... why was it the the day before you know because yeah there's obviously a reason i mean i know you could say a reason is that those short tracks played into season two occasionally well on four different occasions no three only three the guy the guy that was out in space um i think just that's was coming with season three yeah yeah it's going to be coming but um yeah. but yeah other than that like there's no reason why it, it was that day and not yeah. not and as you say it could be it could be it could be due down to money it could be due to said licensing you know them needing to... it's gonna be something along those lines yeah. isn't it let's but face like... it this is cbs they only give a fuck about money <laughs> yeah you know yeah money first fans second or fans you know oh, we're probably like six. Not... yeah something like that yeah yeah so you know yeah it, you know I, I, I was you know they said I did, you know, try and look this kind of what the reason be, and they said it, it wasn't, at least not that I could find. I mean, I didn't do a. There won't be an official one out there, but it, yeah. you can spe- sit there and speculate and just go, really, if you can yeah. get a series out on time, mm. so that it translates to the, the America and then worldwide eight hours later, which you've got a obviously time difference, then why can't you do it for? Was it three or four short 20 minute things? You sit there going, well, that should be piss easy. Like, so, yeah. yeah, no, but so Simon, your your argument, though, about syncing up, you're admitting that it isn't actually that much of an issue with the main series. No, no, I completely admit that that's not my point, but it's good. I'd like to put that forward to you, Judge, but um, <laughs> Simon has admitted his point is mute. <laughs> oh yeah i mean you know, yeah, but the thing is even with that eight hours why not sync it up and i know it's only eight hours but why you know what i mean it's like it's a, yes it's only a day but it's kind of like well why not just do it at the same time it's, no i do agree because there'll be a, a good portion of the fan base that would be happy to stay up till two in the morning and watch yeah. it as soon as it go, uh, goes on air yeah. yeah you know and as i think as simon said kind of with global stream out whether it's star trek or otherwise it's kind of you know, as you say, it does have that knock-on effect of not only kind of spoilers for fans, but there is that whole thing about torrenting as well. I could you know? also bring yeah. up, if oh. I could stretch the definition a bit, because it only came out recently, it's not really an issue for me, and it's been discussed to death, but I, it's something else that did spring to mind, because it is quite a um, broad thing that I came up with. 
the whole issue that Picard is now on Amazon Prime because mm. like Wayne said they might have paid a bit more for it and then yeah. that's caused a whole other storm of issues of going why is that on that why is that on that thing and not that thing oh just like oh for god's sake haven't you learned anything cbs like yeah. really just yeah. so it's just it keeps going on and how long and then oh and then you've got other shows that are going to nickelodeon mm. yeah. oh, is <laughs> that where the like cartoons that. going yeah mm. yeah so, so it's just like, come on. So will it's that like, be, it, well, if that does go to Nickelodeon, would that be streamable at all? <laughs> at some nobody point knows. Nobody maybe. knows at the moment. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. that with that, if it is a t, if it if that is only getting broadcast on TV, you can guarantee America will get it long before we do. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's an ongoing issue. The time so thing, doesn't it? it's just like yeah. Discovery might not be a big issue, but. The other shows might be. Mm. Yeah. So. It's yeah. just. Okay. So, you got anyone got anything more to say? No, no, no? I think I'm good on. on okay. That. All right. <laughs> That's right. Well, after careful deliberation, it will hold your breath in anticipation. <laughs> no. I'm just checking what the next thing is on my yeah. phone. <laughs> right. And Simon's, Simon's probably just thinking, just get on with it, Jamie. Yeah. I know. Um, after careful consideration, I have decided to put. Simon, global sh- global rollout, streaming rollout into room 101. So that is my Fair choice. Is. Jamie still wants lifts then in that case. I think that's what that's all about. <laughs> He's giving you a token win there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's honestly, you know. Just, oh, it just drives me nuts. Just... Yeah. You know, out of the three, I think, again, you, again, you guys have all got valid points, but I said the global streamer one, I said... We've kind of said, with not just with the silk checks, but it's just that knock-on effect that it can have. That's kind of just so impactful, kind of in that way. It leads on to yeah. one thing. It's just oh. and it leads into Wayne's one. It's yeah. just kind of it's just like if you don't yeah, have yeah. that, you d- you don't have that issue as much because then we can you can have American fans interacting with British fans going, oh, I did you see that thing? Rather than, huh, what's that a picture of? Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Which we yeah. don't want. It depends how bothered you are with spoilers, but it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be a problem where we go, oh, well, I'm going to have to avoid that thing for 24 hours. Why should we? We shouldn't have to. <laughs> uh, right. So um, our next category is technology. Anything related to the technology in or related to the Star Trek universe. Um, Jude, do you want to go first with yours? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll get mine out of the way. Um <laughs> I, I think with this one, I've maybe had more trouble thinking of something for this <laughs> than the others. Um, but then I just... What I'm going to say is, is is not what it is. I, I've got written down holograms on Discovery. Mm-hmm. But that that's not really what it is. Like, my issue is more, I guess, bad writing, um, you could say, where... I, you know, we're always positive on Trek Mate regarding um, Star Trek Discovery. And I, I've always said that, you know, whenever there is mistakes or d- massive differences between what's happening on Discovery and TOS, I like to, if they're not going to fill in the gaps, I try and fill in the gaps myself and say, well, maybe this is going to happen or maybe this has happened and they're just not saying it on screen. But um, I, I just wrote down holograms. Mm. on discovery because i just thought it summed up well where uh, 
actually they they did say something in one episode like oh let's not use holograms anymore but then they bloody did anyway uh you know i just i guess that's my argument i i'd like more explanation to why so much is different even though i have enjoyed it and me and wayne have said on on trek mate that you know it deserves a lot of the look it does you you can't have the same sets as tos mm. on discovery um because that's what um that's what youtube is for you know for for all the the fan um films which, which are great in their own way but wouldn't work i guess on on netflix these days but yeah that that's why i chose what i chose because it just seems to go a bit too far with so many different things in that show where it just it doesn't link up and it's just a bit of a shame and i just think they could try harder to to explain some of that stuff yeah i mean it does kind of seem odd obviously holograms being on discovery obviously you know particularly if you think 10 years before tos where there, as far as my there wasn't any i think even in tng i think there might have been a couple of episodes where they use holograph holographic displays maybe once or twice i can vaguely recall i um, think it maybe maybe was it just ds9 and voyager i don't even think it was very Euridians in enterprise they had holographic technology mm. right and okay. even in tas they had a recreation room mm. okay well yeah like i said but it, it my <laughs> issue isn't specifically holograms on discovery i just wrote that down just as a discrepancies between like technology in discovery exactly and where it goes yeah to tos I, I just didn't sum it up well when i when i wrote it down yeah, i mean obviously i think you know i think because i think wasn't one of the reasons again and i might be wrong in saying this so if i am on please do please one of you guys correct me wasn't one of the reasons they decided not to use holograms anymore was because of the way the um the ai took control to, to use the pun control control but, yes yeah. yeah you are right jamie yeah so which yeah, is guess. a stupid bloody reason really Mm. Well, I thought they only took them out of the Enterprise because of the technical problems it's have the, having yeah, the whole... Yeah, I believe so. And the, whereas and the, I think they're still on Discovery, I think. Yeah, and, we're, and the thing is, the way you can explain that, obviously, is the fact that Discovery is going into the future. Yeah, and because, it's a precursor for the 20, uh, 32nd century, whatever it is. Yeah, and because obviously uh, anyone in Starfleet, like the Federation, well, they, they, no one's allowed to discuss it, it fits nicely in with the Prime Canon timeline. So yeah, but that fake. doesn't get rid of the technology issue because uh, they but, could uh, possibly fake a person on a TV screen. That's got to be real. <laughs> <laughs> How could they do that? <laughs> but the, uh, the thing is, though, Jude, uh, I come back to the point that mm-hmm. we have made a few times on the show of if you had a technology be a hundred percent loyal to TOS nowadays it just wouldn't match up. So I, I was expecting I agree, some form of discrepancy. I just I just think there is a lot. When you add it up, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in that show, a lot of technology there. Uh, I wasn't going to sit down and write them all down, but there so is a lot. In terms of the way the AI could create, you know, um, oh, you know, create other people, kind of, I said, I'm, like, oh, I'm trying to think of the right bloody word, but, you know, when, like, they replicated... Um, yeah, that's one of them, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm trying to think, remember, he's flipping down the head of Section 4. And then you've got, like, Tilly holding up an asteroid with a pen or something. He's never thought of me. Yeah. I mean, and, then, know, and then the whole Spore stuff, you know, like, it was interesting, <laughs> but it was like, why oh, have yeah, we never no, heard of that? Or yeah, any mention yeah. of it, ever. You know, well, I 
I think, you know, with Discovery, obviously, it's not a typical Federation ship, typical Federation ship anyway. Um, you know, and it's kind of, it's more of a kind of, particularly if you, again, I know we go, we'll go on board drive shortly. <laughs> <laughs> <Won't you mean? laughs> um, but, um, you know, I mean, you know, to me, to me, it makes sense in terms of, you know, the whole, maybe the, you know, the whole holograms thing, you know, the technology, as you said, seemed to make sense to me. I mean, maybe I don't pay as much attention, but it, it seemed to make it, it made sense to me. I personally think it fits quite nicely in with it, and maybe maybe they went a bit overboard with the amount of, the, the kind of technology that they kind of had on the ship. Um, but I yeah, think, I think, but I think really with Discovery as an advanced ship like that, I think you would have advanced technology. I mean, at least that's how I kind of read it. So it it never personally really bothered me all that much, but I can I mean, kind of understand where you're coming from, June. I do kind of um, kind of you see your point of view there. One one thing that me and Wayne had speculated on before it even coming out, even season one coming out, and then it did turn out to be a bit of a thing in Discovery was like maybe their section thirty one, which. Mm. With, with the Giorgio storyline, and I think there, there's talks of doing a spin-off, like, that's good writing to me, where, you know, you've never heard of Giorgio because she's Section 31. Mm. And it's like the whole thing they... with Black Alert, isn't it, as well? The whole thing with Black yeah. Alert, that was like, what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, um... I mean, if they, if they put that cover over everything, like, Discovery is a Section 31 ship, then that'd be like, okay, so that's why Spock never speaks about... Burnham, you know, and that's why this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that, maybe that would have been, maybe that would have been a more, a bit more of a plausible explanation, I suppose. You know, you could kind of maybe explain, oh, this is why this, this is why they've got so much technology in terms of the hologram. Maybe, I mean, I mean, personally for me, I think the fact that it was more advanced was was more than enough. But as you say, you know, not every fan is gonna, not every fan's gonna think the same. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, I just thought of something that's not technology, but it just made me bloody laugh this year in season two. It was like, I think it was like in the first 10 minutes of the first episode, like, oh, the Klingons have decided to stop shaving their heads. (laughs) (laughs) They've all got hair down to their waist. It was like, hang on a minute, how much time has just passed between season one and season two? I just, either that or Klingons have got overactive hair follicles <laughs> yeah they have to cut their hair like every day or two or something what you're yeah. saying dude in terms of the, the, the um obviously like the, 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 holo, the holographic or holograms or technology what, mm. ter- what what are your thoughts in terms of the, them communicating like to other ships are the holograms like they did in ds9 did that bother you at all or what do you mean well it, i think a couple of times i think they used it in enterprise i think was it pike was talking to someone on another ship and the, you know, the hologram the, the hologram would appear on the bridge wouldn't it of that the black captain mm. on the other ship because they did that in ds9 i think they used that with cisco a few times did that bother you in discovery at all um i guess not at the time it wasn't a big deal i've, I've just as i said i've used that as a just as an example i guess to express my frustration with the lack of explanation uh, for things um, but but no, I mean we've seen holograms pop up in all sorts of sci-fi things over the years, and obviously mm. they were never going to have that in TOS. How the hell are you going to do that in a <laughs> oh uh, yeah, a 60s show? Yeah. You know? But you know, I mean, for me personally, I kind of understand where you're coming from. But I, for me at least, I I think they I think it was explained fine. But that that's just me. That's you know, as you say, not every fan is going to think exactly the same thing. 
Um, and it did kind of, it did sound to kind of go over the top a bit with kind of, as I said, with the technology like the AI having mm. so much control and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No, no, I'm um, good with that. What that was yeah. my least confident uh, offering, I think. That's right. <laughs> I'm interested to see what the other guys have got. Um, do you want to go next, uh, Wayne? <laughs> yeah, by all means, because that's a good jumping on point yeah. um, for my uh, choice, because my choice was specifically the Spore Drive. Ah, because... That's why you're being so quiet on that bit. You're saving it. Yeah, I don't want to blow my load too early there. <laughs> yeah. Um, spores. That's it, because quite frankly, right, once again, we're talking about discrepancies with technology and TOS and whatnot. And I I can personally forgive like there being better holograms, there being um, more advanced communication methods, things like that. Does not bother me whatsoever. The spore drive, you expect me to believe that this ship that no one remembers whatsoever. I know they've been swore to secrecy now. <laughs> However, uh, this ship can magically transport from one side of the galaxy to anywhere it likes through magic fucking flower dust <laughs> and a giant tardigrade being hooked up in an abusive chamber. Which, in the end, they decide there's a like ethical reason not to keep it there because like they don't want to be wankers. But then they decide, okay, then no, we're gonna uh, give our chief engineer implants. And do you know what? He's also figured out how to navigate through this magical wormhole. I mean, it is the most ridiculous, lazy. Uh, writing when it comes to like filling in the gaps never have we seen Mm. this technology ever you couldn't have even gave them a method of creating uh, their own wormholes no you couldn't do that no, they just have to click their heels twice and they're back in can as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah it's, it, I didn't think of it like that, but now that you've brought it up, the way you can't describe it, it sounds like more like a fantasy thing than bloody sci-fi, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had so many things they could have borrowed from, for, you know, from the own, their own franchise. Mm. That's could all they had to do. Could turn into lizards. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. And it's... it's it, it's not explained by um, like the, like how wormholes. It's a question of like space folding and connecting two points in space. It's like no, they can literally with these magical spores um, cross through to wherever they like. And then in season two, we discover that um, like that we we also we have this rehash of the idea that they had in TNG where going at high warp speeds was like tearing space uh, tearing holes in space and space time that uh, you, uh, you remember that episode where like they decide to restrict themselves mm, to yeah. like under warp 5 or something unless it's an mm. emergency um that then we rehash that idea in season 2 that um jumping through um using the spore drive they are uh, damaging this new realm that they don't even know and it's it there is no 
fucking way that this would have ever like taken place because and you expect that technology to then only be restricted to one ship and then you also <laughs> write yourself into a corner of the sense of okay we uh, we we need discoveries being a really bad shape oh yeah no okay and then ai that's attacking them okay fine that's great uh yeah discovery <laughs> surrounded by these ships but they can't communicate with um starfleet otherwise they're gonna alert the ai okay that's great why don't they just fucking jump back and say <laughs> guys we really need help but we'll be over here and then jump back again Mm-hmm. I, you write yourself into these situations mm-hmm. where there's no there's no peril from oh christ the uh, what seven they're only gonna it's, we're still gonna be late getting there it's like nope boop. no we're here no suddenly we're q it's yeah. not like we we can go wherever the hell we want it just it's it's stupid it's lazy at first it didn't bother me too much now i've <laughs> it's it pisses me off <laughs> um what i'll say in response obviously you know you said you brought up the point which i was going to make about the whole canon timeline they do obviously keep it secret and obviously because I, I i thought what i thought you might bring up is might say ah but what about the klingons you know because the klingons did actually i think was it Lorel knew about the existence of the sport drive as well so but, you know, obviously in that case, you know, I would have just said, oh, yeah, the Federation would have just denied any knowledge of its existence because there'd be mm. no proof that it actually exists. Um, you know, with something like Discovery, I think, I think you, you know, it said you got the advanced methods of communication and it was a specific ship that was built in terms of the Klingon War, wasn't it? So I think mm. you kind of needed, I think personally, you needed an advanced method of, of travel. Um you know, particularly if you could get somewhere in the blink of an eye. So I personally, that kind of coming from that standpoint, I don't have much of an issue with. But as you said, it's kind of, well, you know, they never really went into much explanation about it. It's kind of, yeah, these are all the elements of what it, what it takes to do this, but we're not really going to really explain it. And as I said, the kind of way you've kind of described it, it just it all sounds very kind of, you know, thinking, thinking, reflector. It just kind of sounds very like a very convoluted concept. It's an interesting mm. concept. You know, I like the idea of it. It certainly is interesting. But it, and as you say, you bring up the very good point of when they were surrounded. Why didn't they just jump back? I mean, I don't know if there was a. I don't know if they. Again, Melodrama. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if there was kind of they couldn't use the spore drive at the time, but I no. don't think that was the case. So. Yeah, no, because I, they didn't give a shit how much it hurts Stamets. They, yeah, yeah. And it's no, kind of, they don't. You know, I mean, yeah, he put himself, he, he was, I say he was, the other thing as well I would say was, was he even willing? Because the Marsilial Network, didn't that have like an effect on him, on his behaviour and, and that kind of stuff as well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It you know, did. So, so, how, so you're essentially being piloted by somebody who is suffering it not only excruciating pain, however, you're also being suffered by somebody who does not have his whole marble. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I mean, yeah, which is just kind of like, well, should should he really be, should you really, not just, just him, but the question is, should you really have a human, or should should the sport driving really exist? I mean, don't get me wrong, <laughs> it does give him a great tactical advantage, it does give him a fantastic tactical advantage, you know, appearing anywhere you can, in a blink of an eye, 
and you know it's again these days i kind of put it out there it's 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 plausible tenuously simon's kind of um uh, kind of said this to me as was yonks ago but it could be a, again and this is just tenuously plausible but it's the whole thing with um it could explain how sloan was able to appear on ds9 if you think about the spool drive section 31 would have known about the technology and you know and in in ds9 they never knew how they actually appeared how did sloan just suddenly appear on the station without us actually knowing if that was the case, why doesn't the Section 31 ships have a spore drive? Mm. That's a very good question. <laughs> because no other ship in the fleet is uh, has it installed, and you would have thought Section 31 would have um, had that. And the, yeah. the, the, the thing is as well, it's how the hell... Do they even explain or try to explain how they could expect a human to navigate all of space um, just by thinking of coordinates and a doctor of mushrooms or whatever is tireless. <laughs> well, the other, thing that, the, other thing that, the, other thing that, the other thing that occurs to me as well, just thinking about with the AI, did they even, did they even, they didn't even think about taking the spore drive technology, did they? Didn't, they didn't even focus on it, did they? No, no, it wasn't even a thought. Surely that would have been a huge advantage to the AI as well in some way. Would have bolstered them or something. I I don't know. It's just Mm. speculation. Their season plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Once again, it comes down to lazy writing. Mm. Yeah. Because they wrote this amazing technology that they've got, and then it's like, well, it's been written by design because the whole show is an authority show. It's like, hey, we'll take you to this this place. We're going to take you to the mirror universe, and mm. we want the whole crew to be there instead of this. I mean, that's crew. the thing. In season mm. three, having this ball drive, I, I probably, to be honest, wouldn't have as much. I wouldn't really have a big issue with because it's in the future. Okay, fair enough. You know, you you would probably have that sort of technology far into the future. But as you say, kind of sticking it in the twenty twenty second century. Uh, let's get my centuries mixed up there. But twenty second century, um, you know. And again, I know you've obviously got the advanced business communication, but it just seems like I said, just a, just a concept. Just I said, it just seems a bit. Cool. It's it's a, it's a much bigger um, leap of faith than thinking. Okay, they've they've got better communicators. Oh, okay, they they've got holograms now. Okay, they can appear wherever they like just by fucking thinking about it because that is a trope well, that's not only a trope in sci-fi we've already said we've already seen holograms before yeah and I, I think mm. as you said side didn't you say in enterprise and in tas as well so it's not yeah i can certainly see i can certainly see where you're coming from because initially when when i was kind of thinking up my arguments i said i kind of kind of i kind of had similar thoughts to kind of I said jude's one about the, about the technology of the holograms on discovery but i said kind of chatting with you now said you brought up some really interesting good points i I didn't actually consider it's there Uh, just to plonk the crew the whole entire ship in different situations so oh they're all going back in they're going forward in time now they're all in the prime uh, um um, mirror universe and Mm. can i get your stance on one thing i did not like in second season two and me and jamie have discussed this previously what on earth was that crap about well We'll put it, put the handbrake on midway, and have half the ship in the network <laughs> and half an hour. It's like, what on earth are you yeah. doing? You can't even do that right. Like, come on, like, mm. 
isn't there a better way of doing that? But no, we'll just do this because we can't be bothered. So we're going to have half the ship being destroyed and half it out. What? Yeah. That, uh, that, that, is, that was probably like the uh, like the epitome of convoluted. <laughs> very, very much so. They, they couldn't even have them just fucking jump into the mycenial network. No, no, couldn't just, do that. I felt yeah. like I was watching a music video or something when I was watching <laughs> that. So it's just like, what's going on? <laughs> That's um, the thing. There, there's too many instances of just what's going on. And... Mm. Yeah, the the spore drive is definitely one of the, the biggest moment for me of just like it. it you, you have to take a huge um, leap of faith to back that concept. Yeah, I was going to say block of salt, but I was going you went down the other route. But yeah, it's like a block of salt. Like, yes, now I'm happy with it. But it's like every other show. It's like, yes, here's a temporal rift. No, no, we've got spore drive. We're just chronotons and we're just they are there we are now we're mm. now we've gone in forward in time instead of worrying about rifts failing and things no we're just put it on the spore drive everything leads back to the spore drive exactly okay. voyager would have really done well to have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah it would have been uh, one episode yeah. that's it <laughs> yeah. um yeah okay uh anything have, else have, wayne no no i'm good mate yeah good have we throttled it enough yeah, yeah i think so on to you, Simon. Well, I kind of know there's no point because I think that's pretty much going in. I think from <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I can work out from Jamie, you're not such a good poker face that what's going in is kind of the one that we talk about most, I think, for the most part. I, talking about the Intrepid class, I'm talking in a similar vein to Jude, why the hell the holiday looked like it did. And as I called it, scaffolding. Scaffolding yep. and the damn holodeck programs, which long-time listeners will know that this is a bit of a pet peeve for me. Not as bad as the warp drive, but it's kind of second on there, second on the list, because I just did not get it. Because my thought was, why does it... If it's more advanced, why is it more cluttered? Because mm. if you're going by Moore's Law, surely it should be smaller, more innovative, and... Um, need less room but it needs more room because you're taking room up with all the scaffolding what's that about why is there scaffolding there it should be behind the wall not in front of the wall but yeah no and then you you have say the prometheus and sick bay i see no scaffolding in there so why in the defined holodeck do you have scaffolding whereas holodeck, uh, the uh, sick bay you have none when you say scaffolding do you just mean like the yellow lines the, the, yeah yeah, isn't the, it, Sire? The, yeah, the the cable, uh, no, not cables, but the poles. Yeah, that, that kind of the that poles kind of, on the side, like yeah, that kind of um, they not was it, what was I say zigzag, but go down it's the, like the yeah. mechanics of Wait. it. Right? Yeah, but that's that's not TNG though, is it? It's Voyager. Voyager, yeah. That's what, yeah. So I'm talking about like Intrepid, like generally. I'm oh, intre- oh, the Intrepid class. <laughs> yeah, because well, yeah. you know. You know, obviously, I just don't get it, and don't even get me started on some of their programs. Oh my God, they are a complete waste of us of time. <laughs> oh my God, just... not a fan of Beowulf, mate. <laughs> it's not that specific one. Go on, sorry. <laughs> um, well, the how do you say that? Shasarine, Sandrine, Sandrine. 
as I described it in my notes, Jamie, Tom Paris's random French bar. So you've got a rogue officer who's the most famous Rome off, ro- like most tame officer in the whole entire world, and takes him to like the tamest, crummiest bar in the whole entire world. And it's like, really? Okay, that that didn't work. <laughs> you've got Jane May's Lombarda One, Jane May's governess program, which made no sense to anyone. Yeah, but mm-hmm. mate, what you don't realise is Sandrine's is really just a front to a whorehouse. <laughs> yeah. Which suits Tom char- which suits Tom's character perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the brothel's <laughs> out the back door. <laughs> Go on, Si. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci's workshop. It's like, you know what? We need someone for Jomo. We've got Shakespeare for Picard. Let's just shove da Vinci in because we can just call up john oh what's the name i can't i think his Reece name is Davis. john say thank you yeah. on the hotline we'll call him in and do let him do that it's yeah. like what okay random and oh two worst ones that i always had a problem with Fairhaven. yeah do mm. i need do i say more it's like no. okay let's just what oh what we're in the middle of del squadron what do we feel like <laughs> a 19th century irish village <laughs> Who thinks of that? And then my other main one, Cooksall Resort. So the holiday resort. Okay, again, you're on a holiday. You can choose literally anything. Surely you choose Riser, not some Mm -hmm. random holiday resort. It's like, come on. And these are meant to be like some of the best Star Trek writers in the whole entire world. And they go, you know, we'll come up with a random holiday resort. We'll come up with a random Irish village which will annoy Ireland for the next 40 years. <laughs> Every scenario you can go, they'll go, yeah, do you remember Fairhaven? Got, got awful from that, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, oh, man, just like, no, no, just stop. Uh, just, no, I should have had a programme for a ponting. <laughs> yeah, may as well have done. Heidi uh, High. Heidi High are like Fawlty's house or something. But you yeah. just sit there and go, it's not the best they could really come up with. And they had like jerry taylor in there and that's the best she could come up with it's like, like, you'll notice i have taken uh, in there florida isn't included because actually that makes a bit more sense because like some of these it's just they're going i have no idea about these children governess program these children that we see twice and they're oh my god they're twerps it's like and that that's meant to be i, I looked it up meant to be for jane may to um be relaxed in and you're going what how? What are you yeah. talking about her programs? The, the governess one. Yeah. The oh, way I she hate it. he stresses and he just said and Jamie sits there and goes, yeah, I always wanted to know what's in the loft. So you sit there and go, and again they never answer anything about it and it's just like, why is that? Why does that exist? I don't mm. get it. I don't it get was any of writing, it. Yeah. Don't get it. In response, Sire. <laughs> um, first of all, obviously I'll address obviously um what, scaffolding. The- scaffold um yeah i mean personally as i said i've you've never, never been bothered by it. yes i know which is why it won't go in but yes i know <laughs> i know i need to work on my poker face don't i yes yeah. definitely oh thank you mm. <laughs> no although i did do quite well when we played poker together that one time years yeah ago, which no to... one will have a clue what we're on about but yes no. anyway uh, <laughs> back to the topic at hand um <clears throat> yeah i mean obviously you know obviously it was big i mean I looked this up, you know, Enterprise D had, was it, 16 holodecks, I believe, whereas mm. Voyager only had, what was it, two? Was it two holodecks? And it had a lab for some reason. Yeah. So, because you know, it could. 
Yeah, so with, maybe what... With, with also scaffolding, for some reason. Mm. <laughs> so maybe what the Voyager's holodecks lack in number, they wanted to make up for in size to balance it out, maybe? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the but other... why take up, like, a metre's worth with scaffolding on each side? Surely that goes behind the wall, not in front of it? Or oh, maybe they used the scaffolding and they put a bunch of planks of wood in the middle of the room so two different people can use it at the same time, like... I'll have the bottom half. Yeah, the bottom top half. half. Well, you know, yeah. the other thing that occurred to me is two well, simultaneous we've... limbo competitions going on because that's only program that works with yeah. it in that format. Well, the, the other thing as well, kind of with the bigger size of it as it is, I mean, the thing that occurred to me is, you know, Voyage is kind of a, a science vessel designated for kind of long exploration missions and scientific research. Mm. And again, I know this. You can put this down to bad, right? I know technically Voyager they never really used it much. It was mainly used for recreation and to break. Um, yeah. And to break. <laughs> to break, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you know, maybe they would need bigger, more advanced holodeck for for that specific purpose for the science research. Where's but the if it's more advanced, why isn't the tech behind the wall? Why isn't the wall? Why is not the behind tech? the wall? Not behind well, the wall. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's saying, yeah. maybe maybe the it was. In the, in the logical thinking of the creators, maybe it was a because case it's of crap. Maybe because <laughs> maybe it was something to do with the, the, the design of the ship. Maybe the way they kind of designed it. I, you know, I said, well, not... to make it different from the other ships like Deep Space Nine and whatever else. Although they had to compare it to Quarks. Well, maybe not so much just to make it different, but maybe logically fit in terms of the actual design, making it while they... D- Again, I said, I didn't do the workings of the Intrepid-class vessels. So, you, know, <laughs> you know, this is, for me, it's just pure speculation. And I said, you, I, I know you're not, I mean, you don't know everything about ships, but you know more <laughs> about ships than I do. So, you know, for me, this is just pure speculation. Um, yeah. But it's not going in. I know, I know, Jamie. I know. <laughs> no, but, you know, to be fair, it said you... You do bring because the thing is with with it, did they actually use the whole holodeck? Was was the whole space actually used in the holodeck? If that makes any sense in what I just said. Well, I'd imagine that you kind of stuck to where, like, you got to imagine if you're all that tech is behind the wall in the DS um, um, Enterprise D. Yeah. So you'd if you remember in Encounter at Farpoint, you get this go, yeah, the wall's just here, and he pings his uh, badge off and yep. it hits the wall. What would happen if you did that in the Voyager one? It would go ting and you'd lose it in all scaffolding. Yeah. So why yeah, is that point. there? Surely so, you oh, want all there so that that doesn't happen. Oh, I see. So you're saying that basically the wall, the wall, basically it, it, the illusion would kind of be ruined. Is that what you're kind of saying? Where the wall should be, but it's not actually you're, there. You're losing two meters of moving room for all the scaffolding for no apparent reason, just to go. Oh, it's there. Well, we know it's there. It's a holodeck. Mm, no, no, no that's, an, that's a fair point that you bring up. No, that's a fair point, like, I've got to say. Like the scaffolding would be, or its equivalent, would be an Enterprise D. You just don't see it because it's all behind all the black grids. Mm. So mm. why do we need to see about this thing that we've known about for centuries on Voyager? Mm. I, I just don't get it. Just like, And then it's never it's never a thing. Just like, yeah, on that ship. And I will admit it is even in first contact because, again, they reuse... Voyager sets for that ship, but primarily for Voyager, it's that damn thing. And again, it's why in sick bay do they not have scaffolding for a holodetic, holographic doctor? Mm. <laughs> it's the <laughs> same technology. Just mm. like, come on, mm. it's like apples and oranges, isn't it? It's like, 
it's just like in that room you need scaffolding but here no 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 it's all built in with little chippy things maybe well, it was just you... an aesthetic choice oh maybe. yeah i know it's just it's, it's obviously so, it's just... from day one it really has and i don't know why it's <laughs> one of my things that yeah. i will never tire of talking about and i will talk about it till i die i really want this have you and... never typed it into the internet out of curiosity have you never put why is there scaffolding because it would probably make me angry i'm sure I so did, i don't yeah. I did actually try myself and i couldn't find actually maybe i wasn't yeah. using the right terms but i couldn't mm. actually find anything so it's just it just, like, it just upsets me that's yeah. all i know it's, there's production reasons why i just don't get the logic behind it just, it's probably like, just yeah. aesthetic film production but you know what you say so about the kind of the way it is i i, I can kind of understand that and i already know it's not going in so it's fine <laughs> Um, on to the programmes. Um, first of all, uh, Fairhaven, yes, absolutely. That was just like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, you know, and I actually remember in the episode, Tom goes, oh, yeah, this is another place for us to unwind. Yeah, you have other programmes already to do that. So let's just introduce this random Irish place in the middle of season six. Yeah, so Fairhaven, you know, fair enough. I, I concede on that. That was just completely and utterly random. Mm. Um, Janeway's holiday programs, um, the governess program. Well, you know, I mean, it's a mystery kind of thing. I mean, maybe she just finds it relaxing. You know, it stimulates the brain. It might seem kind of strange to us, but maybe she generally finds it relaxing. Um, but we never saw anything interesting in it. It was also her in mm. a room and two minutes of the kids whining, and it's <laughs> she was called away for something. So we never got into any strong storylines involved with it anyhow. Well, maybe, and then it had all these mysteries of you going, what the hell? Why is this a thing? Well, you know, sometimes mysteries are best left unresolved, as you said to me before. Maybe it was a nice little, just like a little Easter egg of, oh, you know, you know, I, I you know, you know me, I found it fascinating, but I didn't it didn't necessarily bother me of what is on the floor. I just really want to know, but you know, at the end of the day, it was, I didn't mind. Couldn't they have come up something better? Janeway's Leonardo da Vinci program. Again, I don't really have any problem with that. That's kind of, as you say, I think you said in your notes, it's kind of, she's a, men- he's a mentor to her. So someone that inspires her. You need it. It just wasn't the most imaginative one they could come up with. That's what I mm. was getting at with yeah, that one. It's just like, oh, we had Shakespeare for Picard. Well, let's just go, I don't know. Oh, we'll go to Da Vinci. Okay. Yeah. Random. Okay. No, but I, I, personally, I personally always quite liked it myself. But again, you know, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, we all have kind of, you know, again, a bit different taste. So me personally, it never really bothered me. And I thought it was quite nice kind of taking Janeway away from the 24th century back into kind of the past. And I, I, I must admit, I particularly loved kind of, I think there was a scene with Seven as well, um, where she actually explains why, you know, it, it, it inspires my imagination and it's good to get away from the 24th century for us. So kind of going back into the past, kind of, I think that worked. Um Holiday Resort, again, I, I'm not, again, you, obviously you bring up the whole, obviously, things with Riser, which again, you know, it's fair enough, but it's a bit, it, I mean, I think you said this to me before, it's a bit generic, in terms of like a holiday, it's a bit generic, so I think it's kind of nice that they come up with something different, me personally, I think it was nice that it had somewhere different to kind of go. Um, again, Cessandrine, uh, um, again, I think that fits Tom's, Tom's character fine. Yeah, you know, he spent a lot of his days there at the academy. Um, you know, he created some good memories there. 
And yes, I know it's specifically his program, but it is a nice taste of home for the crew, which is kind of something that they needed, which again, I know you could have obviously probably got also with the holiday program. Let's just create Riser as well. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, for the most part with the holiday programs, I'm not as fussed by them, but definitely Fairhaven. Yeah, I will say that was just because at least we, at least you got them, at least with Chase Andrew, at least that had some significance with Tom. The, the, the Fairhaven one didn't at all. It was just he created the program. Oh, let's just unwind in this place. Well, that's 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 great. But so yeah, I mean, as you say, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I do kind of, um, you know, but under- you're not choosing it. So <laughs> never mind. It's fine, Jeremy. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's fine. I know it's not. But <laughs> yeah, I need to practice my poker face. Yeah. So um, at the end of all that, it should be a no surprise to <laughs> anyone. Um. <laughs> Wayne, the small drive is going into room 101. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that, mate. Common sense so has finally go. prevailed. Yeah, you finally prevailed. So, um, so without further ado, we'll get on to our final category, which is wild cars. No restraints, literally anything you want. And this time, one of you guys, you can pick whoever wants to go first. I don't mind. Can I? I don't don't mind whether I go first for that. Can I just say it's it's like nearly one in the morning. I'm gonna to go to bed at like one thirty at the latest. <laughs> I'm just saying that now. No worries. We'll we'll get through this. We'll get through this quickly. So go ahead if you want to go yeah. first. So you can go first. Oh well, I don't mind. No, I just wanted to fit that in yeah. there. But yeah, I'll yeah. go first if you want. Um. So for, what is it? Wild card, isn't it? Yeah, wild yeah. card. So it's kind of been a, a theme tonight anyway uh, with a lot of our choices. Um, I've, in a sentence, I've just basically summed it up as lack of leadership within CBS in 2018, 2019. Um, and what I mean by that is um, what I'm always telling my wife when <laughs> watching Discovery and why I think it's so different to the tracks that we grew up on uh, loving uh, watching you know DS9 TNG or well any really um, if you look at all those t- all those times there was always some sort of structure I know you know we say about CBS being greedy guys business suit guys um, not not necessarily putting the fans first but there has been people uh, within uh, Trek and CBS, if you want to call it that, over the years, who have had roles. Obviously, you had Gene Roddenberry at the beginning, you know, the visionary, like with so many great ideas and, you know, what are the seeds for everything we love. Um, and then also uh, he sort of handpicked Rick Berman, who like I take the piss out of myself sometimes for some of his silly decisions. But he, for anything he did wrong, he did a lot right, you know, with, without him. And then and then the writers that he trusted, um, you know, to to steer those shows, to steer TNG, and and then eventually uh, DS9 and Voyager, where these writers would come in from nowhere. And then they just write more and more and say, you know, see, oh, that works, that works, we'll do that, you know. Um, I I just like the way that that worked, you know, the the way reality of of the structure helped all these shows and and franchises and stuff. But now, I mean, you guys have have read and I'm sure like reported on on, um, Engage, the same stuff we have on Trekmate for years now. 
the the absolute mess shambles of what discovery writing team and just everything about the show is uh behind the scenes where like entire staffs have been sacked or left and then you know you're always hearing good stuff people saying like oh i've been sacked or i'm leaving but i'm going to trust this guy to do the job now and then that person will do the job for a while and then suddenly you'll hear a horror story like oh they were abusing everyone they're horrible (laughs) but i just think it shows in discovery that with the storylines i just feel like if you had someone like rick berman or gene roddenberry or or the writers what worked under them things would make more sense than what uh, what what has happened for season one and two of discovery things flow more You, you might not necessarily just the story arcs that that i think we all love but just the characters everything um so yeah i'll leave it as that uh just say my choice is the um what did i call it lack of leadership structure in cbs thanks jamie yeah yeah Yeah, i mean you know kind of in response say yeah i mean i agree it's kind of as you say it's you know when you kind of have that situation where you know writers get fired or the staff gets fired it does have a real knock-on effect and i mean this has happened in star trek before where i mean i know, I know it's kind of a slightly different situation where it was i mean what i'm referring to here is obviously season two of tng when you have the writer strike mm-hmm. i mean overall i don't think they did too bad a job in season two considering but just the amount of problems that they had and it does kind of show at points in the season and you know mm. as you said the writers are the, are, are the foundation of any kind of show you know the writing is it's so important you know and if yeah. you lo- if you lose that then you know you lose the essence of what you know what star trek kind of is and it as you say with discovery it's kind of it's a similar sort of thing it's kind of you know and whereas you had someone before like rick berman or like um you know like gene modern um you know who who knew star trek inside out i mean said you know roddenberry was obviously the creator and berman had been done star trek for almost 20 years and you know i know obviously you you know you only briefly mentioned but you know what you're saying about cbs in terms of i said again you know not all not every i'm not saying not every, not everyone in cbs is like it but the overall impression that you get is they think of star trek more as a business you know yeah which you know to an extent i understand it's a franchise yeah. it makes money i get that but you need to have a balance and this is i think this is part of the problem particularly what has happened with conventions recently they become too commercialized mm-hmm. um and, you know, and cbs having all these really strict guidelines particularly for fan films and stuff like that you know yes you know and all those restrictions and yes to an extent i understand you know you but you know part of what makes star trek star trek is the fans and their creativity and if you're and if you're imposing such strict uh regular you know strict strict control over it then you, again you're losing what essence of what star trek is about yeah. and you know and without that it just makes it it just makes it it just kind of you know the, the impression that can be that some people kind of look at to kind of get from it is well it's just a money making machine which is not you know it's not what we want so you know and any kind of and as you say that kind of lack of structure just has that real knock-on effect as well yeah so yeah i mean again completely understand what you're saying with that. you know you know i do agree you know, and at the end of the day i know cbs i know you know like with any franchise they're there to make money i understand that but it's got to be some there's surely got to be some kind of better balance yeah surely you know 
yeah that's what <laughs> I think that, that was that was again for me Jude that was kind of my least convincing argument I must admit I struggled with that one because that was a good one I must admit that was a really yeah. really good one that you come up with uh, I didn't um, explain it as well as you just have for me but <laughs> no it's fine it, it, again you know it said what you gave me was absolutely fine so yeah, yeah. It was, that was a really good one so thank you um who wants to go next Wayne do you want to go next yeah sure uh, um okay so my wild card is all of season three of tos <laughs> it's shit uh, <laughs> end of argument there you yeah. go <laughs> that's it bottom line it's a question it is by far the weakest season of star trek in history it re- it really is there's uh, with me what i hate most about an episode is if it bores me season three bores me to hell <laughs> i cannot get through it i love season one of tos i love season two of tos and then what's it start with it starts with spock's brain mm-hmm. honestly i cannot when i'm doing a rewatch i either do one of two things I either stop at season two or I have to do maybe one episode per month of season three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's it's for me personally unbearable. I I cannot stand it. And and once again when when we was talk you was talking briefly about structure of CBS and everything, I I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that um season three was when Gene Roddenberry was kind of taken away from the series. Yeah, he, mm. he took a severely reduced role in in the involvement of season. Yeah, and it tells because it's crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that's yeah. my argument, mate. <laughs> in response to that, I do agree. It is absolutely it is a dreadful season. What I will say is, I I I, I don't know if you think about if you feel that way about every episode, but there were some bloody good episodes in there. Not many. But there was some still good track. I know there's some that I, I enjoyed, but the only one on I'll give much you is more the comedic Wet. level. Hmm? <laughs> uh, the only ones that I really uh, enjoy was um, the Tholian Web, mm-hmm. and also um, pro- maybe maybe all our yesterdays. Mm. But other than that, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I will say as well is also. Yes, it is a yes, it is a terrible season. I do agree with you. It is d- dreadful. But you know, there are certain factors that have to be kind of considered why it was the way it was. Obviously, you brought yeah. up one of them with Gene Roddenberry. The other thing as well was the budget for the show was drastically cut by the network, so they would have been limited what they could do story-wise. So you know, and the other thing as well is they changed the slot of its airtime to Friday at 10 p.m., which in those days was considered the death slot, where most mm. people, because you know, I think back then, I think it was mainly, mainly the younger audience that watched Star Trek, and people would have been out, and they would never have watched it at that time, which is why probably the ratings dropped so precipitously. To be honest, it probably done them a favour. <laughs> probably. You don't want to inflict, inflict that on anyone. <laughs> no, but you know, you know, Simon actually summed up season three really nicely. It's got some really interesting well, ideas, but they were just done very badly. I uh, paraphrased what Mission Log said, to be fair. 
Oh, beg your pardon. Oh, don't sorry. worry. We we steal everything from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to quote what Simon Simon paraphrased from Mission Log, some really interesting ideas, but they were just done very badly. And I think a large part of that was just down to just to budgetary problems and a kind of scheduling. So yeah, but, season three is terrible, but th- there were certain factors that were outside of the producer's control. But the thing is, regardless of the factors that caused that situation, it doesn't change the fact that it is the worst series of Trek ever. (laughs) So those contributing factors only reinforce my point that it is that crap. Yeah, but there are, you know, but there are obviously reasons beyond, you know, producers or whatever, or or terrible writing because of that. But yeah, yeah, it is a terrible season. I mean, me personally, I liked, there were more episodes that I did like than just the two you mentioned. I think at least, I'd say liked or at least found watchable, maybe at least a quarter, at least. There were a few more that I personally did enjoy, but the majority of the season. No, yeah, um, no. No, to be able to enjoy five out of like 20 odd ain't bad. Quite yeah, bad. it might have been a clear, so. <laughs> were, there was there was a few more. I mean, I mean even Spock's brain, it is terrible. But at least that had half an idea because transpires. I think Mission Log said were kind of a thing at the time anyway. So at least that had as terribly executed as it was, at least that had half an idea to it, which is more mm. than I can say for some of the blooming other episodes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the children shall leave. The way to Eden. <laughs> no. those are, Simon knows those are two episodes I absolutely <laughs> detest with a passion, <laughs> amongst others. But yeah, I, yeah, that's I'm fair glad, enough. Wayne. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way. <laughs> um, so, um, Simon, on to your one. Yeah, finally, our last choice of the night. Uh, I went for Toxic Gatekeeping Fans, something we're all very familiar with. And it's just something that really has made things worse in terms of what we were talking about earlier. And it's just not good. Not a good scenario to be in. And it's been made worse since um, 2009, the timeline, and Star Trek Discovery. I would argue that before that, because TOS fans really fucking bitched about TNG. Mm. And when it first came out, I think it's... they did, didn't they? It's yeah, more, like back in the 80s. I just find it's more prolific with social media. Oh, mm. definitely, yeah. Now that people have got that platform. I think, I think... I, like we were know, saying I, earlier, on, people just hide, don't they, behind their screens, keyboards. Yeah. It's know. just always been there. I think I, I, I don't I don't deny it. I just think since, you know, social media's come around, it's just gone up tenfold and it's just gone out of control and it's just... This isn't the same fandom it was 20-odd years ago, which is just no. scary. And it's just like, great, we've got all these new fans. It's just, again, it's the respect has gone out straight out the window for the most part. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just, and it's, as I said in my notes to Jamie, it goes completely against what Dream Rushery would have wanted, a respectable, all-inclusive environment. Yeah. And it's just, no, that's just not right. It's just... Yeah, it sad. amazes me sometimes some of the comments me and Wayne have spoken about some of the people crap what people come up with uh, you know about women or different races like playing certain roles and it's like are you watching the same show we've been watching for all the, we're talking about Star Trek it's like where do these fans in quotation marks come from you know what react in the way they do like, oh how can you have that because it's, it's Star Trek 
that's what it's supposed to be yeah you know and you know i mean you know unfortunately wherever you go it hap- it's going to happen and you know they are in the minority but i think as you said mm. to me si, it's kind of they are very vocal and people always remember the those kind of comments and all the all the kind of 90 percent positive ones which is just kind of just like do that uh, just makes me think do, do we you assume it's just five on negativity or something but that's mm. a whole other thing but yeah it is a shame it is a real shame um you know, you know, I, I think you know. To kind of the only way to kind of counteract it is just try and be, you know, try and be as open-minded as we all can be. You know, we have met people, and again, I, I know again it comes back to again it comes back to bloody social media. This has been like, but yeah. you know, as as you know, as we were saying before about conventions, you meet people who are so much more open-minded. You can have a pleasant chat with them, and I think you know it's difficult to do. I know, but maybe the best way to kind of combat is to you know stay true to who we are and show others and those who are like us as well who are, who can be open-minded you know to you know which is again which kind of reflects what what star trek is all about being open-minded being tolerant of others and all that sort of stuff you know i mean i'm not saying it will ever be successful because there's always going to be someone who's going to be you know being like they are but you know the main thing is not stooping it's not not stooping down to their level and you know showing people that you know well, actually, you know, we can we can just all get along. We all have to share our love for this franchise, and we can just be open-minded and civil about it. But no, I, I completely understand. So, si. I mean, it said it is very toxic, particularly when you get this argument of, oh, what's pure Trek and what isn't. I mean, the thing is, me, me and Simon, we've had this discussion ourselves, and like you you were saying earlier, we don't get into a fistfight at it. Yes, I, yeah. mean, I, I, I acknowledge that fans think that ds9 is not pure trek that's or not roddenberry trek that's fair enough i've got no issue with fans that say that ds9 is my favorite kind of trek but you know i don't i'm not going to argue with someone who thinks it is not who doesn't think it's who, who say it's not roddenberry trek if that's what you believe that's fair enough you know so yeah you know and i can kind of see where the definitions kind of come from because as i said gene roddenberry wasn't a part of deep space nine and it was very different kind of star trek to next generation although i think the next generation is not as rose tinted there are kind of darker aspects to it which i think ds9 just kind of amplifies. Mm. so yeah i mean i can completely understand your frustration with that so I, you know it's it's again it is a shame you know as you say 20 years ago you you didn't have it as bad as it is these days particularly with social media and you know whilst we all love social media and it's a great way to kind of connect and chat and you have got this other side of it unfortunately yeah so um anything else anyone any any of any other arguments or any thoughts or anything not really no, no. okay so um oh i've now got to pick the last one haven't i oh this is going to be this is actually quite difficult <laughs> actually <laughs> you guys have all brought up very good arguments and I'm going to have to pick a clear winner. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, this is tough. I really... I, don't, I, I just... I don't know what to pick. <laughs> this is so difficult. Um, but I'm just going to pick something because we've been at this for a while. Um, again, like I said, you guys all bring up really good points. Um, very valuable. But I think... I think when I think to kind of probably what's bothered me the most over the years, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to pick your one, Jude. Lack of leadership structure in CBS. Nice. So that is going into room 101. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, 
No, very That's good. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Voice. <laughs> so long, longer than I thought it actually was. I know. Well, that's now. it. At the beginning, before, I don't know if it was before the re- uh, recording, but he was like, "Now, if you could just talk for like ten minutes on each thing." Yeah. And he's like, "Fucking like ten minutes? Can we do that for each one?" Yeah. No. No problem. Yeah, sorry. About Two and a half hours guys. later. That's sorry it. about that, guys. No, no, thoroughly enjoyed it. That's yeah, right. Um, well, on that note, quickly, where can people find you? Well, they can find uh, the Trekmate podcast. Uh, well, you can download our show through any good podcast catcher, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, uh, or anywhere else. You can find our website, Trekmate org.uk or you can find our youtube uh, website the sci-fi collective.com or it's the the youtube.com forward slash sci-fi collective uh, and you can find us on facebook uh, we are just on there just search for either trekmate or the sci-fi collective and we on twitter we are at trekmate 1701 and uh, at sci-fi collective channel and also we're on Instagram as well under the Sci-Fi Collective. Um, but yeah, make sure to uh, check us out and come join us 9th of November for the, the uh, convention. Yep. We'll be there and, too. Yep. yep. And um, <laughs> yeah, to kind of just sum up, just to quickly clarify, um, Judy's overall winner and got tucked in in the people category. Kai win and a wild card lack of leadership structure. For Simon, it was modern life with lack of global streaming rollout. And for Wayne, it was spore drive with discovery. So even though Judy's the overall winner, you guys are all winners because you, you all come up with some really good arguments, I must admit. Definitely. You know, so... so Everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, so hats off to all you guys for coming up with those challenging... That was, that was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, no. But yeah, thank you so much, guys, for uh, for coming on. Yeah, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been our really pleasure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>